millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon and a very Merry Christmas. You're listening to me, Paul Hawksby, alongside Andy Jacobs through until four here on Christmas Day. Yes, coming up in the show, we'll be bringing you some of the favourite clips of the week from 2020, including the best of Alan Brazil, Jim White, Fisherman's Blues and many, many more. We'll also bring you some of our favourite interviews from the past 12 months. We'll be hearing from the likes of Frank Skinner, Henning Vane, Alexi Sale, Whispering Bob Harris, plus... We'll also bring you the very best of Striker, the Steve Bruce murder mystery novel that we serialised during lockdown. Mm. Was that this year? Lockdown. I know. Wow. <laughs> so without further ado, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Hey, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. Merry Christmas. It's been a funny old year, Saint, hasn't it? Really? <laughs> certainly has. Uh, certainly has, Jim. Yeah. The uh, I'm so pleased. Social for once, after all the sprouts I've eaten, social distancing <laughs> seems such a good idea. Very good idea. It may be the way forward. But uh, look, we'll crack on. We've got loads mm. to uh, get through this afternoon. As we said, best of the interviews, some of our favourite clips uh, of the year. So, uh, we'll kick off with our first set of clips. And we start with the best of the year from TalkSport's fantastic live sports coverage. Let's uh, start with Mark Saggers reflecting on the FA Cup. And as far as Middlesbrough are concerned, uh, well, they've just kept that decent run going and they will enjoy a replay at the new Tottenham Stadium. Here's their manager, Jonathan Woodgoat. <laughs> Jonathan Wood, I can just see his like cloven hooves. Now that's the problem, as is in the mind's eye. Now staying with Sags during the FA Cup, here he is awaiting the start of the fourth round draw and taking us in an unusual direction. Mm. Millwall 23, Bristol City or Shrewsbury. Oh, there we are. The sound that the balls have dropped. Not in our teenage years, of course, because uh, it was just the bag in those days. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he going with that one? I know. Uh, yeah, mentioning the teenage years. Thanks for mentioning the teenage I thought you were act- I thought he was going to address it head on, and then I realised that w- yeah. what he meant. We were quite shocked to hear Ray Houghton say this during a Fulham-Brentford commentary. I was just looking at the physique of De Silva. You know, very muscular... Very athletic midfield player, and he's making some very good runs. So that's what I talked about uh, Harrison Ford in midfield. That's impressive, isn't it? I hope the force was with him. He's got to be about 70 now, doesn't he? I mean, I know Bielsa's great, but probably that is pushing it. And uh, this is cricket correspondent John Norman during the England v West Indies Test Series over the summer. We should find out who comes into the starting 11 in the next half an hour or so. The ground staff uh, doing their business on the outfield. Dirty boys. Yeah, it's good for the grass. Yeah. 
It's also going to stop you diving for catches, isn't it? That sort of thing. It's quite clever. Here's Alvin Martin with an old adage. There's a saying in football, you're only as good as your next game. Do you know what? I, I, I would say, no, you're only as good as the next game. <laughs> he gave it gravitas, yeah. didn't he, I thought. Still really. quite mystifying. Yes, that's right. Over to the golf now and the legendary Bob Bupka, the USPGA. Two-time defending champion Brooks Kepka. He's also at minus four, and he has a PMT time. Oh, dear. Well, okay. okay. <laughs> Can get a touch. Uh, tetchy. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> sticking with the golf, uh, here's his partner in crime, Rupert Bell, suffering from a spot of trap wind. And then a fabulous approach shot into the par four 18th. Set up the round of the day. The wind is freshening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was uh, that yeah. was fantastic. Good, was old, a, good old Rupert. There was a big drama at Molyneux at the end of last season when commentator Sam Matterface got a puncture before Wolves Arsenal and started to gradually deflate. Good evening, everybody. A fully fit squad for a fully operational team, and no other Premier League side has restarted the season with a 100% record. Wolves have, and Nuno Espirito Santo, who has just used 20 players, has opted for one change. Adorma Traore replacing Diego Jota as Jimenez's partner in attack. Oh, oh, take a breath there, for goodness sake. What a slow puncher he had there, didn't he, really? Got a puncher repair kit for that mm. one. Uh, now, you may not remember, but we had a top booking on TalkSport this year. Jim and Stuart with all the action. Sam Matterface in the stadium. Paul Pogba alongside me here at the Towers as well. I'm Mark Saggers. That's impressive, isn't it? Considering he was playing in the match, that he had time to go and sit next to Saggers. I mean, I know he's been a bit ineffective this season. That's probably why he's been sitting next to Saggers all season. And back to the golf again. And this was Bob Bubka at the Masters with shock news from Augusta. Just a few minutes ago, somebody showed up at the driving range to begin their warm-up. Uh, for a practice round, and it was Sandy Lyle, and he's wearing a pair of suspenders. Lovely yeah, look for a man in his uh, 60s like that. <laughs> only carry them off. He was from an age when they were all the rage. But, of course, he meant braces. Yes, uh, yes, the yes, American, absolutely. isn't he? Yeah, of course. Poor braces. Uh, this is co-commentator David Connolly with Mark Saggers seemingly desperate to get a word in. PSG are in the final. Leon looking to get in the final as well. So you never know. Maybe that has benefited those has, teams and has it affected the Premier League? Well, you know, because you've got to remember, they, they had a brutal end to the season. Yes. The volume, the, the amount of games, well, the real high-intensity games, which, you know, Bayern was all, didn't. All of that, of course. <laughs> but at one point, he's just barking. Yeah, there he was. <laughs> you might not know. Desperate to get in. You might not know this. But similar to the English, Oxford English Dictionary, rather, our own Stuart Pearce chooses several new words each year to enter the lexicon. Here's one of them. He's found it very difficult to break a, a very sturgid uh, Iceland team down. They are sturgid. Very Icelandic. sturgid. You, you say Icelandic that. equals sturgid. Yeah. It's either that or this one that Stuart deployed during FC Copenhagen versus Manchester United. And the midfield for, for Copenhagen playing quite narrow, trying to nelegate the, uh, if that's a word. No. Not sure it is, Stuart, but <laughs> really you've never isn't. let that stop you before. <laughs> really. Tennis now, and this was a strange moment when Andy Goldstein and Jason Cundy crossed Elisa O'Sullivan for a French Open tennis update. Let's go to Lisa <laughs> for a proper update, shall we, on the tennis, Lise? What's happening? He's had a good old battle. Oh, hold on, Lisa's there. Lisa, are you there? I am. I am. Hello. Lisa, yes, I am. do you own a ukulele? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, I think you can't lie, Lisa. Oh, I love her version of When I'm Watching Tennis. Yeah, it's, it's a great song. She does them all in the uh, the George Formby uh, style, all the tennis uh, songs. Yeah. Uh, which we haven't really given much thought to. So we can't <laughs> come out with 10 tennis based George Formby songs. I do apologise. I'm leaning on the net post in you know, every that sort of that, Well, that's not. I'll tell you off the top of your head, Andy, oh, that's about as good as it's going to get. <laughs> exactly. So it obviously had a bit of an effect on Lisa because she was incredibly insulting to Adrian Durham later in the tournament. Okay, let's uh, catch up with the French Open tennis with Lisa O'Sullivan. Cheeky little drop shot. He's been called worse, <laughs> yes. let's be honest, by the <laughs> listeners. This was Sam Matterface with news of a surprise inclusion in the Chelsea midfield. Abbott's looked to be fouled on the halfway line as Chelsea brought it clear. And now Callum Hudson-Odoi and Abraham link in midfield before getting it back to Zuma. <laughs> Great to see him back out on the pitch, isn't yeah. it, in that stovepipe hat? <laughs> I hope he didn't go to the theatre that night. Let's, anyway. let's certainly hope not. Over to the rugby now and an update from Alfie Reynolds. Wales 10, Scotland 11. The only score since you last came to me, Lee Half Penalty. Uh, Lee Half Penny, I beg your pardon, has scored a penalty. You can see how it happened. Yeah, it's easily you? done, yeah, really. Uh, one last one from Mark Saggers now with another of his epic scene setters ahead of the Champions League final. And in Paris, what have they done? Well, they'll be walking tonight down the Champs-Élysées. It's been pedestrianised for the night. Face coverings on, of course. And just one question left. Who will mask on who in this rare final? Who's on who? <laughs> what does that even mean? Who will unmask who, of course. Uh, but uh, Sag's in the moment getting, mm. getting quite carried away with his uh, intro. And uh, finally, commentator Sam Matterface didn't sound massively interested in reporter Graham Beecroft's nostalgic anecdote. Bielsa on or off the bucket? He's off the bucket. Do you know what? I've been looking at that. It's not. It's not a bucket. It's more like you remember when you used to see an elephant in the circus, and the the they used to get them all four feet on one. Here's thing. Harrison in behind the defence. <laughs> yeah, not massively interested. There is a game on. <laughs> yeah. Despite that snub, Beaky was determined to get to the end of his tail. And just to finish that thing I was talking about before, don't you think a bucket, uh, in inverted commas, looks more like one of those things an elephant used to stand on in the circus when elephants were allowed to be circus animals? Look at it. It's got stars on it and everything. Oh, it's click inside the area. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a goal in a minute, Graham, while you're doing your elephant bucket story. So uh, we better get back to the football. So there we are. They were the best clips from our live sports coverage over the past 12 months. Still to come, we'll have plenty more clips, including the very best from Alan Brazil, Fisherman's Blues, and much more besides. But now let's bring you one of our favourite interviews this year. And uh, during the lockdown, the lack of live sport meant there was plenty, almost too much, Andy. Yes. Plenty of time to look <laughs> back on some classic sports moments. And we were lucky enough to be joined by the comedian Frank Skinner to reflect on Euro 96, 24 years on. This is from Bob in Arbroath. He, he, he's seen you 55 times live. I'm not joking. He wow. has, he's a real fan. But he says, I've always wanted to ask Frank what it was like for him in the crowd at Wembley that day at Euro 96 when the whole stadium spontaneously sang three lines for the very first time. I was at home with tears in my eyes when everyone started singing. It was the happiest moment of my sporting life. So he said, I'm very interested to hear what it was like for Frank at that time. I mean, there were two things about it. One, that the seats that they'd given us for that game were sort of centre on the halfway line, just in front of the press box. So the whole stadium was laid out before us like it was a, in a theatre. I mean, it was all just there. And we were obviously excited that England had, had beat Scotland. 
and we were excited they were playing the song. But at that point, the 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 crowd didn't really sing along. Uh, you know, football songs traditionally, I, I think, and this is still the case, they do well, but people don't sing them. What mm. people sing and what people listen to are completely separate. And that was the first time in my memory. You know, I don't remember anyone at uh, 66 uh, in, at that final singing uh, Lonnie Donegan's <laughs> World Cup with it. Definitely not. And so it was that moment when it became a, a, a terrorist song. And I just watched it, and it was... Something that just happened there is that, that England fans had stopped taking Union Jacks and started taking uh, Cross of St George. I think they'd finally worked out they were accidentally supporting uh, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. <laughs> And that all those crosses of St. George going, the song playing, everybody singing it, obviously something I will never, ever forget. Mm. You were number one, and then you dropped from number one, uh, and then came back, obviously, as England started to do well, to number one. Do you remember the song that, that usurped you for a while? I think, was it The Fugees? It was. Let's confirm that. Oh, this was well the song. Yeah. The old Roberta Flack song. Oh, the crowd will be singing along with this. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> well, if, England had, if England had bombed, this would have been you number know, one when, for an extra few weeks. When Gareth Southgate uh, scored, I think Killing Me Softly with his song probably would have been a more apposite thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what if they'd sung that? would have been fantastic. <laughs> my, my main memory is, well, two things really, is Gaza's miss, you know, the chance, not the miss ball the coming chance, across the in the Germany game down and, and then having, because I think it was on the Wednesday wasn't it, we had to do the show on the Thursday, we had this again in the 98 World Cup but this thing of having to pick yourself up to do, a, harder for you and Dave of course, but to do a comedy show, you know, at that point was pretty tricky Yeah, and I think I've got a bit more hardened to it as I've got older um, losing football matches but <laughs> I remember being, I mean, so horrified by that. I remember I, I, I was at the stadium, obviously, and Southgate had missed. And we walked down the stairs and a guy came up to me and said, uh, where do you get the clips from on Fantasy Football? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Great question. It was, I mean, it was one of the most profoundly tragic things because... Everything was so perfect. The weather was great. The, you know, the song was just the right song for the thing. England were playing brilliantly. Mm. It was all set. You know, I have, I have to admit, I have lain awake still and still do and think, what would it have been like if we'd have won that and gone on and won the final? You know, how would it have been? Well, great, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, that is Oscar Peterson uh, playing God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And I have uh, been fortunate enough uh, to have seen the late, great Oscar Peterson at Ronnie Scott's. And you get quite close up uh, at Scott's. And the thing about Oscar Peterson was that when he played the piano, yeah. he would make this noise. Yeah. So when you're sitting quite close to him, it was a bit off-putting. I still enjoyed it, but all the time he's going, mm, uh, 
Mm, like Ke- he's got Kevin a... Peterson used to do the same thing when he was batting. Really? Yeah. It's like he's got a motorbike <laughs> outside. <laughs> when he played anyway. uh, quite high revs. Anyway, uh, it's uh, Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport, our clips of the year. We turn our attention now to one of our breakfast show hosts and bring you some favourite clips from the one and only Alan Bernard Brazil, all from... 2020. So kick us off, Andy. Yeah, we begin with Alan, of course. Uh, well, we would do it this section. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Welcoming, being rude not to now, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Welcoming a special guest to the show. Good morning. Five past eight. Uh, the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast on TalkSport. Former Premier League midfielder and ArnoldClark.com. That's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> One of he's got his own website. <laughs> uh, here's Alan with a bit of uh, unsurprising information. I tell you what, I really enjoyed breakfast yesterday. Uh, the breakfast show, I should say. Okay, well, you it. probably enjoyed your breakfast as well. <laughs> I, I bet you can't remember what he had. No. And on that note, here's Big Al confirming that TalkSport's resident boxing expert and Fight Night co-host has finally flipped. An agreement has been reached between the pair of heavyweight world champions. TalkSport's boxing correspondent, Gareth A. Davis, was speaking to the breakfast. He was, he was spending a lot of time in various bio bubbles, Gareth. So I'm not surprised he was speaking to his breakfast, uh, Jermaine breakfast, uh, talking to his breakfast by the end of it. Anyway, this is Alan basically just giving up. We'll talk to the moose who certainly was exposed. Russ Hargreaves on the rugby and Will Gavin live from Fro- uh, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Suffering sucker touch. Here's, here's Mr. Brazil, who quite possibly the ultimate good recovery. 6.30, we'll talk about that. Okay, coming up next sports broadcaster, Bianca Wink, Westwood will join us. <laughs> oh, that was close. It was close. Now, when the Premier League shut down indefinitely in March due to the pandemic, it was a tough time for everybody, not least Alan Brazil, as it made his go-to question looking ahead to the next five games a bit redundant. Anyway, here he is talking to the Brighton defender, Dan Byrne. Dan, what about, um, you know, with this break, down yeah. near the bottom of the table, crikey, it's so tough. And I was just yeah. looking at um, you at Brighton's next run of games. Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> Probably won't be played until next year. Yeah, I was just looking at games that won't be played for a long time. Yes, Alan, looking ahead to the Masters. Augusta will host the final major of this calendar year in unprecedented circumstances. 19 months have passed since Tiger slipped on a fifth green jacket. He wasn't playing very well in those 19 (laughs) months, generally. 19 months of pants. Uh, This is Alan looking ahead to a big upcoming UFC event. The main event is the hotly anticipated lightweight world title clash between this old Khabib against... Uh, Gomadov um, and just what's it? Um, <laughs> Justin Gaethje or something. Listen, dot com. Yeah, just just sling a dot com in yeah. ArnoldClark.com. That always works. And whilst we're looking ahead, here's Big Al previewing the evening's big darts match. Don't forget, live sport and talk sport tonight. We bring you commentary of legendary darts match. Phil the Power Taylor takes on old arch enemy Raymond Vanderbilt in a unique darts match. What? <laughs> Raymond Vanderbilt and a yeek. I can see the yeek starting the game and Raymond Vanderbilt taking it on afterwards. Uh, here's Alan on the very serious and emotive topic of gaining independence. 
people in Cornwall that are that are a wee bit like um, you know at the moment they're saying Scotland is at fifty eight percent now want independence. Well, Cornwall want independence from England. <laughs> the, the whole world. Was... And saying that, I do uh, love a pasty, by the way. Yeah, let's treat it with a gravitas. <laughs> I love a ruby. A, I do. <laughs> I do love a pasty. Alan now alongside his mate Ray Parler in a clip we're calling "Too Many Ronalds." We're now joined uh, by Barcelona ledge. Ronald De Boer joins us. Ronald, a very good morning. Ronald, how are you, first of all? Ronald, uh, let's talk uh, Lionel Messi. Ron- what about Ronald? Let me ask you a little bit about Ronald Koeman. Do you think uh, Do you think Ronald would have taken the job? Uh, it looks as if... It looks as if, uh, Ronald, that... Uh, Ronald... Yeah. Ronald, I was going to ask you just finally. Ronald, thanks again for Thank talking guys, to Ronald. us. Ronald. Brilliant. Ronald De Boer there. So it's interesting, Ronald. Yeah, so favourite. Could have stuck, stuck in the odd uh, Ron, couldn't they? Yeah, it's true. Ronnie. <laughs> uh, staying with Alan and Ray, here they are reflecting on a post-lockdown charity golf day. Big charity raiser, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Up at um, the golf course, it was fantastic. Um, really good. Uh, really enjoyed it. Brilliant what a, what a... the way they'd done it. We were all spaced out. Yeah. Oh, nice. No change. There. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's not a good thing, sure. And actually, whilst we're on the subject, here's the big man talking Arsenal. When we're told that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is set to sign a new three-year deal to make him Arsenal's highest player ever. Fantastic. Wow. <laughs> Only for him, I would imagine. Here's Alan, this time with his co-host, Ali McCoy, posing a quiz question. As a teenager, what sport did Mike Ashley play to a county level? <laughs> oh, jeez. When he was put, younger, put it this way, he may, he may sell some stuff in these stores to do with this sport. <laughs> Great clue. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to narrow it down a bit, Al, really. It's called sports. I do sell quite a lot. Sports shop. Is it a giant mug? Did he represent? Did he represent Great Britain in the giant mug? Yeah. Um, this is Alan uh, looking back on last night's football. <laughs> the Premier League final returned yesterday and remind us what we've been missing. It was a top start for Man City as Guardiola's men beat Arsenal 3 0 at the empty it ahead. <laughs> the empty it ahead. Yes. Well, don't worry. You just have another go at it, Al. Sorry about that. Something in my throat there. Uh, yes, empty. Uh, Etihad. Uh, Etihad. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Arsenal were convinced. My, my, my screen's playing up. I can't get rid of something on it, but don't worry. Yeah, the yeah, correct yeah. word. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> Not your tongue, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is Alan with a quiz question. West Bromwich Albion go to Goodison tomorrow on game day, 12.30 kickoff. Everton's new signings, Rodriguez, created five chances against Spurs. Which is the most from a player in the Premier League debut since when Arsenal forward back in 2014? Um, back in, uh, yeah, so let me read that again. Everton's new signing, uh, James Rodriguez, created five chances against Spurs. Which is the most from a player on the Premier League debut? Uh, which which Arsenal forward back? It doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> You're telling me it does doesn't make sense. We're nearly at the end of this section, but actually, there's just time for Alan to ask a quick question to his breakfast show guest, ex-Arsenal skipper Tony Adams. Tony, listen, we're going to come back later uh, to your fantastic charity, and I want to talk about the cup final, which is great, about the heads-up cup final. We'll come back to that. Uh, Just a bit of football now, Tony, if you don't mind. It's been a mixed restart from your old club. Five wins, a draw, three losses. Uh, Mikel has improved the defence, but still seems a lot of mistakes. One or two people, Tony, were a bit 
surprise eh? they bought David Luiz and now give him an extra year is that would you put that down to finances I'm not saying David's not a good player but he does make mistakes and doesn't seem to learn from them is that because of the lack of finances that maybe Mikel and Arsenal had to give him another year uh, there was a lot of questions in there Al <laughs> they usually are <laughs> they usually is uh, and finally it's Alan again on breakfast going a bit sound of music Cars, watches, yeah, they, they can they, afford it. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. You know, if you've got loads of Doré. Doré, nice. Yeah, exactly. We thought that might be improved if we added Alan's old mate, Neil Warnock. You know, if but, you've got loads of Doré. Me. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice when it's all taking shape. Why doesn't Al just uh, put on the old lederhosen and join the Von Trapp family? When you read, you begin with A, B, C. When you sing, you begin with Doré, me. Do re mi, do re mi. The first three notes just happen to be do re mi, do re mi. Beautiful. So there we are. They were the best clips from Alan Brazil over the past 12 months, and still to come, we'll have plenty more clips, including our favourites from Fisherman's Blues, Jim White, and the Talk Sport callers. But first, let's bring you some of the best bits of our trip in March to a place that uh, both we and Mr Brazil always enjoy going to each year, the Cheltenham Festival. It was under slightly odd circumstances this year with the lockdown looming, but we still had plenty of fun. It's so hard to get a winner here at Cheltenham. We've asked pop star Billie Eilish for her tips today. So oh, yeah. Why is this the luck of the Eilish? That's the one, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. Yeah, it was your joke anyway. All oh, right. <laughs> you can have that one. I'll give you that. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting yesterday. Of course, coronavirus is the talk of the country. Talk of the, country, talk of the festival, talk yeah. of the festival. And uh, Paddy was talking to a guy yesterday, and they, he said to him, Look, the thing is, you've got to drink. The more you drink... Is that right? And well, wait a sec. The more you drink, the better it is. It kills it. Right. Paddy said to me, you're a doctor. And the bloke went, no, I'm a vet. <laughs> it's fantastic, wasn't it? Met a fellow yesterday in the bar. He'd, he'd had a few, of course. He'd been a, uh, he's, a, he's on the road. Like, he's a, I'm a massive talk sport. I love talk sport. He said, I listen all the time. He didn't yeah, know who yeah. we were. He just said, yeah, we were from yes. talk sport. He says, yeah, I listen. I listen an hour in the morning. So don't listen to Hawksby and Jacobs. <laughs> And a very good incident last night. Well, I say very good. It was quite, actually quite depressing for me. We were in a restaurant, and uh, and this bloke at the next table calls me over and he says, "Excuse me, he said, I've been I've been looking at you three. He was trying to work out the dynamic of the three of us eating, mm. me, you, and the producer. He yeah, said, yeah. "Yeah, he said, I'm wondering, are you grandfather, father, and son? <laughs> oh, what a joy <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was! Thanks very much, that was mate. Fantastic. That's really tremendous. Good old boy. <laughs> yeah, granddad, granddad. Oh, Jacob. No, grand we're going to have a pine pulling competition. Yeah, we're in the bar now. Yeah, we're going to pour." A pint of Guinness. Ready, steady, go. Okay, the pints are pouring. I'm going to try and commentate on this. Paul's pint is just ahead, which is not a good thing necessarily because it's all about the settling and the pace. Well, interestingly, Paul has left his about three quarters full. Yours is about four fifths full. But if you watch it, look, it's beautiful. Look to watch the way that it's like clouds or whatever. It's beautiful, yeah. What's that? And you've looked at those uh, two at the moment. You'd say Andy's ahead. What do you say? Yours is ridiculous. Oh, he always have cocky. He's going to get. He's going to buy his own pub now. This is what Andy's like. <laughs> The way I've always looked at it, you've got to treat it quite gently. It's like any any sort of alcohol, it's like dealing with a child. If you're nice and gentle, it'll be nice. The minute you start lashing at it, it's going to start playing out. It's not often you get an analogy between children and alcohol, but well done. That's great. <laughs> yeah, James, last day here at the uh, the lens down. So I've got to be honest, my pint is not, my pint's going to take a while to settle, I think. So, uh, Andy, that's a beautiful, oh, look at that. He's just, uh, bar works in his, he's what he should have done. 
He's found his vocation. We hit a new low yesterday. Oh, new low. We, I can tell you exactly what time it was. It was 6.19, and the new low happened at Romford. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because it was at the point that the yeah. two Tonys, Gail and Cotty, were leaving. Just as they were leaving, I said, you're off, boys. They said, we're just going to watch the 6.19 at Romford. We've got a nap. I think Tony Gale called it the nap of his life. I know. It just better doubt Cheltenham. So in that kind of mad Salem-like frenzy you get into and you think someone has got an absolute stonewall banker, I rush up to the Paddy Power window and with like seconds left before the start of the race, I get on it and somehow Andy scrambles well, over. Fear of missing out. Yeah, the real FOMO moment. Friends, I couldn't even get the betting slip. Basically throwing money at the bloke and they just got it away. Yeah. And we all stood there and yeah. the one dog, well, he was last, wasn't he? Yeah, he came last. It, yeah. it, it sort of stood there in the traps <laughs> licking itself for about five minutes <laughs> and then came last we uh, went off to watch the recording of uh, the paddy power facebook show they've been doing all this week yes and the host of the show is helen chamberlain of course of soccer in uh, fame we haven't seen uh, helen for a while so we we popped along to say hello and this is what happened i love you guys so much you know i sent a car back because i couldn't get you guys on on the radio don't really you? Yeah. really yeah and i don't want to do that like but it was i bought i did that one huge purchase of my life i bought an aston martin db9 got down the road it wouldn't tune in to you guys i had the engine noise so i sent it back to aston martin with saying i can't get hooked to me and jacob so I don't want the car. And they had to do so they had to take a chip out and do something so I could get you guys. Oh, that's lovely. That's fantastic. <laughs> Escalado is the popular tabletop yes. racing game from your youth. We have five horses lined up. We even have a commentator. Rupert, over to you. Well, the white flag is raised and we're off and running. They're cranking up and it looks as if uh, Tiger Ro Lou Roller has just shading it with empty shelf trying to uh, uh, steal a, a march on the race. On the near side, Marla's tickle is getting very close to Tiger Lou Roll and then on the far side a bit of a battle between Last Royal Duty and also Bielsa's bucket is hanging on in there but I would suggest Tiger Lou Roll is just shading it at the moment but going off course is empty shelf and is really pushing not only Last Royal Duty, we can wave goodbye to Last Royal Duty at the moment and also Bielsa's bucket but Tiger Roll and also empty shelf now having a bit of a battle but Tiger Lou Roll has wiped the floor with the rivals to come through and take the Escalado handicap. What a race. So there we are. It was a bit of a contentious uh, Cheltenham, and I think maybe it'll be a bit too soon next year for the vaccine to uh, to kick in, but um, I'm sure we'll be back there in yeah, full numbers hopeful. before yeah. too long. So there we are. Still to come, more top interviews and more classic clips uh, all to come here on Christmas Day with myself, Paul Hawksby, and Andy Jacobs on TalkSport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Merry Christmas and welcome back to Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year here on TalkSport. We'll bring you some more of our favourite clips from 2020 later on, including the best of Jim White, Paul Ross and the TalkSport callers. But it's time now for another of our favourite moments of the year and the brilliant Whispering Bob Harris celebrated 50 years of broadcasting this year, so he joined us to look back at some of the highlights of his brilliant career. I don't feel I can shout <laughs> at the moment. You know, after that music, there's no way you can speak. You really can't. You can speak loudly. <laughs> it just feels like sacrilege. Uh, anyway, 50 years ago today, uh, Bob Harris uh, presented his first radio show. And um, thanks to his uh, archive, we've even got the playlist. Brilliant. Uh, Bob's a big football fan. He's joined us on the show before. Big Manchester United fan. And we're very pleased to say he joins us now. Good afternoon, Bob. Good afternoon. (laughs) I've got this theory, Bob, that actually you've been getting louder over the years. I think it's probably true. (laughs) Congratulations. My clothes, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, congratulations to you on a wonderful milestone. Thank you. 50 years. Wow. And as I said, thanks to your your archive, your updated archive, we can see uh, the first song you ever played. We may try and play it if we can, but it it was a Neil Young song, wasn't it? It was. It was Cinnamon Girl from uh, an album called Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Cinnamon Girl, I mean, I've been a big Neil Young fan having discovered him in Buffalo Springfield uh, about three or four years before. And Buffalo Springfield were one of those real kind of wellspring bands. A lot of members in that band went on to do other great things like Neil Young with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Stephen Stills was in Buffalo Springfield, Rishi Fure, who went on to uh, put together a band called Poco. So they're a lovely band and are so aware of Neil Young and loved his music so much. So that was it. It was the opening song of my first ever show. I love Neil Young too. And this is your anniversary and you've done something really special, I think. You, you've put together a sort of group of people to sing a song that you love stand by me and it's it's got a it's for a great cause i think we've been so uh worried at our end i mean i'm sitting here now as we chat i'm in my studio and uh, uh, the studio sits under an apple tree at the bottom of our garden so we call it the under the apple tree studio and uh, we get 
really the the studio has an open door policy for grassroots musicians and uh, just music that we love people come in my son miles films them posts the sessions that they do so we're really connected to and and support and love the grassroots music community in britain the problem is with covid now it's absolutely sort of you know you, we can see mm. how it's decimated sort of everything but in particular the music industry the grassroots area of the music industry has been hit very hard you know the smaller venues uh, the artists can't tour so all this they've lost all this so uh, a lot of the musicians are, are struggling right now so we were trying to think what we could do with my 50th anniversary today this year is also the 60th anniversary of the recording of stand by me and it's my favorite ever song so we thought we'd knit those two things together mm. and um just invite artists that we love to take part in the recording and it's really building up amazingly well. Excellent. Paul, Paul mentioned the database there, and I think one of the things you've done over the years, and I, I used to listen to your Midnight to Three show on Radio 2, and with basically with a pen and paper, and just write down things that I like the sound of, and because often you stick with the music that you like and you know, and it's always good that somebody can point you in a different direction, and then you end up loving that artist, like you pointed me in the direction of Casey Musgrove, for example, which I don't yes. think I'd ever have heard and <laughs> absolutely love. So, you know, so it's brilliant from that point of view. Well, I love it. I think that I'm in a really privileged situation because you know, I'm still, even after 50 years, sort of at the heart of um, certainly country music and the music industry in general. And therefore, I get to hear maybe music that if... if I, I weren't in this situation I might not have access to. So I see that as a really fabulous opportunity of exposing that music to people who otherwise might not hear it. I mean, that seems to me, <laughs> you know, the best thing I can possibly do. And so I, it, it's that thing of me being in the middle. I'm saying to the audience, audience, here's an artist, artist, here's an audience. And then you step back and kind of watch the, ma the magic happen. I mean, it's mm. amazing. Uh, Bob, you also have got the the most played artists over the years uh, yeah. in your and um, probably <laughs> no great surprise who's number one, but there are some interesting ones in there. But uh, yeah, Beatles number one. Yes, who have you picked out then that that you like? Well, there the, was there was a, there was a couple of uh, very very interesting. Let me just have a look. I've got your list here. There, I, I see. I thought was it Steve Earle who was number two of, from over the years. That that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a massive fan of Steve. I mean, uh, Guitar Town, which he recorded, was the first track I ever played on um, the Radio Two Country Show. And I have to just say, you know, the. the I partnered with 3B Digital, which is the, the company that's developed this amazing uh, database for me and created this site. Um, and we started work on, on all of this about a year ago. And uh, the resources and, and the energy and the work they've put into this site has been amazing. And what we're hoping is that over the next sort of few months into the next few years, it becomes a you know one of the major, major music resources. Um, in the world. But meanwhile, uh, for people, anybody who's listened to my program through the years, you can go into the site and begin to, you know, explore and delve around in it. And it's incredible the rabbit hole you go down into. Yeah. I mean, I was, my son D 
Dylan had a look through it the other day, he said an hour and a half later, and he suddenly went, "Wow, I, how, where did that time go?" You know, I mean, it's, it's it, it is a fantastic resource, and Three B have done brilliantly. Um, uh, we, we're we're making a very good team between us, and and we want to expand the site even more. You must love Bruno Fernandes. I was thinking the other night, I can't remember a player for ages coming, you know into a team and basically transforming them. I know. In fact, funnily enough, the last time I can really remember it was when uh, Manchester United signed Eric Cantona. You know, galvanised the, the players that were already there and somehow uh, knitted everything together. I mean, Eric was able to knit the whole team together. He was very inspirational. And um, it seems play-wise, I mean, obviously Fernandez sits a little bit deeper, um, but he's able to bring out the best in the players around him and he's had an amazing impact on the team. It's really quite incredible. Bob, lovely to talk to you. Uh, happy 50th anniversary. I think we're going to play out with a little bit of Cinnamon Girl, uh, that first song you played, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. All it's best, always Bob. so great to talk to you guys. Thank you very much. Take care. This uh, Bob Harris there, and he's a bit of Neil Young for you. Whispering Bob there, what a great guy. He really is. We always love having him on. We're massive fans, and we have him yeah, and the whistle too, test. Yeah. He's fantastic. Great. So lovely. Lovely to get him on the show to talk a bit of football and more. So stick with us. Uh, we've got some more clips uh, coming up very shortly. We've got a bit of a sort of potluck selection coming up for you very shortly. It's uh, Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on Talks. We're having a fantastic Christmas more to come shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Welcome back to Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year on TalkSport. Hope you're having a great day. Time now to feature the best of the rest of the TalkSport presenters with the first of our lucky dip selection, Andy. Yes, we start with newsreader Ollie Cole. Actually, Ollie's main beat is politics, but I don't think you'd ever know it. Everton boss Carlo Ancelotti says striker Dominic Calvert-Letwin is capable of stepping up for England. <laughs> Dominic <laughs> Calvert-Letwin, what a hybrid that is. <laughs> yeah. uh, breakfast co-host Jamie O'Hara here telling a story about his former Spurs teammate Dimitar Berbatov. And it lands right on my toe. And I, I touch and I score and I turn around and I jog back. I was like, what a ball, you know? And he comes up to me and he says, hey, listen here. You don't need to call me. I can see you. Fantastic. If that's Steve Bruce, that's brilliant. <laughs> it was like dancing Steve Bruce. <laughs> think you're going to start doing striker. <laughs> I, not great Bulgarian accent, I wouldn't think. To be, uh, sorry, to be fair to Jamie, he did give us an interesting fact about another of his teammates, the Egyptian striker Mido. He was quite lazy, he was quite lacklustre. But on his day, he was brilliant, really good. Yeah, I liked him as a person, yeah. but I think his dad was a, as a sultan of Brunei. I don't think he was. Sure, I thought he turned out for Egypt, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the sultan of Egypt. <laughs> That'd be the clue, wouldn't it? Yeah. This year saw the start of a new series, Talk Tech with Sam Allardyce. But you can be aware of it, you know what I mean? And what, You can have alerts that pop up. On the, I mean, the phones are so smart now. That's why yeah, it's called yeah. a smartphone. Yeah, well done. They've never used him on the gadget show, have they? <laughs> no. It seems odd. It just seems a tap-in, but they've never caught him. I'm sure the phone will ring in the end if he yeah. knows how to answer it. And this is another highlight from Big Sam's new tech show. 
Social media is, um, and keeping a, abreast of it, is, is a massive operation, Alan, isn't it? Because everybody's, everybody's got them on their tweet. <laughs> the recording had stopped. That could have been a bird impression. I don't know what was going on. And this is Hugh Woosencroft uh, previewing some upcoming guests. We'll also find out what life as QPR's director of football's like. Hugh Wisencroft, of course. Uh, Sky Sports' Addy Olapido is, uh, Oladipo is with us. I'm glad you corrected that. I'm sure Addy is as well. Uh, this is Adrian Durham and Darren Goff on Drive. And it's part of my history. Mate. So they always look for it. And they'll mention it to me, the yeah. result, if I've not seen it. I, I didn't get that. Hello. Could you try again? <laughs> Even Siri doesn't yeah, know what guy he's on. I can't say anything about that. Here's here's Laura Woods now on breakfast on Shrove Tuesday. Good morning, nine nineteen on the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show. I uh, hope you've woken up in a good mood, and you should do because it's pancake day. So if you're in a bad mood, um, go and flip yourself off with some pancakes or something like that. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Yeah, Thank you for that, Laura. Uh, Rodney Marsh now reminiscing, and we've always been impressed by Rodney's attention to detail. In my first game, I played uh, in Sampa. We played against a team called Chicago, um, whatever they're called. <laughs> Thanks. Photographic memory never forgets a thing. <laughs> no, yeah. the Chica Chicago, whatever they're called. Like Short-lived franchise. Yeah. Georgie Bingham and Tony Cascarino here, chewing the fat. And it's your game day edition. Oh, by the way, Sid Lowe, very quickly, sorry, Andrew, because I know Dark man, yeah. Uh, Sid Lowe, who's the Guardian's man in Spain. Oh. Not the dark man. Yeah, that's, that's John Lowe. That's John Lowe, that's right, and Sid Waddell. Uh, yeah, that's true. This is uh, newsreader Ross Powell suddenly going very posh. And the new Tokyo 2020 Task Force are meeting today to begin plans to stage next year's Olympics. Plans. Posh, Ross. Yeah. And here's Ray Parler on breakfast issuing a come-and-get-me plea to Classic FM. On this way in 1800, this absolute floor filler hit the charts. Oh, wow, absolute classic. Yes, on this day, 220 years ago, Ludwig van Beethoven put yes. in his first Who? performance of Symphony in C. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely classic FM. Even Alan's going, who? <laughs> Scala might have him, but I'm yeah. not sure about classic FM. Yeah, yeah. Bob Mills now. Chatting to the South End chairman Ron Martin, who appeared to be keen on a sound check first. Are you looking at loans and and freeze? No, and, and... no two, two, two. Um, well, two. One, one, one. <laughs> bicycles, bicycles. Two, two. Here's Perry Groves discussing crowd trouble. It's going to be very, very difficult to actually impose that because obviously there's face recognition 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 become a ventriloquist uh, facial richard nixon yes here's sam matterface watching the bundesliga and the berlin boys are one nil up and it's the first goal of the day have some of that Getting over Cockney for a, Ger a german football uh, review you're all right sam you did go a bit Cockney there and the Berlin boys are one nil up, and it's the first goal of the day. Have some of that. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Cockles and winkles and all that. Uh, this is uh, newsreader David Spencer with shock news. 
The president of Belarus says there'll be no new elections there until you kill me. Blimey, OK. Poor old David. I think he's still with us. They never went through with it. This is comedian and warm-up host Charlie Baker revealing his new catchphrase. It does mean, though, if we have him in, it means we've got quite a lot of that West Ham yeah. youth factory. Just, just give me it from the back again. I can see that taking off, actually, for a certain audience. Mrs Brown's boys, that could get picked up. Now, can anyone tell us what Goffey is trying to get at here? Tennis bad boy Nick Grios hasn't kept his opinion on the incident quiet. The Australian released a poll on his Twitter uh, asking his followers how long he would have been banned for if, <laughs> if it had been one of Djokovic's shoes. <laughs> We've never quite worked that out. I can't wear that at all. Had he been in Djokovic's shoes, oh, I think he means um, there, but had he been one of Djokovic, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And finally. And finally, there was an odd moment earlier in the year when something went wrong with the ads after Jenny's news bulletin. The allegations have been made by Olivia Troy, a former aide to Vice President Mike Pence. Talk sport weather with QuickFit. Save time and money when you book an MOT and service together. Book online at quickfit.com today. Participating centres. <laughs> Certainly was a bit Doctor Who. That's how it went out. And that yeah. guy's voice seems to suit it, doesn't it? It does. Fantastic. Yeah, it's good. So there we are. That was the old uh, best of the lucky dip uh, from the past 12 months. Time now for another of our favourite interviews from 2020. And it was a real privilege to be joined in the studio all the way back in January when you could have guests in the studio. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. By a real legend of comedy and a man who loves his football, Alexi Sale. Alexi Sale, good to see you. Uh, good to see you, good to be back. It's been seven seven years since you've toured, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've done stand-up, I've done kind of patchy stand-ups in the odd run, so our theatre and stuff, but I, I think that, yeah, seven years since I did it, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, we were just saying off-air, we're both big fans of uh, Imaginary Sandwich by your, your radio, the three radio series yeah. you've done. Yeah. And so we both came to it Sort yeah, of almost really about six months ago, I discovered it. I said, told you, it, it, it's a joy to find something like that when you didn't see it, yeah. didn't catch it the first and we, time. That was around. series three, and we're working our way back through the series, and they're all, I think, they're all on the on the, the BBC Sounds, but yeah. it's, it's sensational series. Yeah, no, well, um, you know, it's been it's been a real because you know when you get in your sixties and stuff, it's you know you you don't <laughs> you know you have to kind of try and find new areas, but they're kind of coming together. Me and Radio Four and that series, it, it plays to. I think it plays to all my strengths. Really, mm. it's a, it's a sl it's not as kind of in your face as the stand up, but it's you know it's got you know it's a, it's 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 about politics and 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 social themes and stuff, and it's um, it just fits perfectly yeah. with the where I am now. Well, yeah. the title kind of makes you think it might be a sitcom, but it isn't because <laughs> it's it's, well, you do it's have a an imaginary customer yeah, comes in every week. It's a device. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. gets you into the stand up. It, it, it is, it, it, and it, it came from. I just have. I mean, since yeah. the sort of eighties, I've been telling people that I run a sandwich bar. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you know, and some people <laughs> tell me they've been there. And um, <laughs> it's just, but it, you know, it's I mean, it's a sort of it's yeah. the kind of thing that I do is tell people I run. You know, it's the kind of way I am slightly. Is that so, the is that to the question? Oh, what are you up to these days, then, Alexi? I'm yeah. seeing you on the well, telly. I mm. say, yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah, say, yeah, well, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm I'm very much wrapped up with the sandwich bar. You know, and, <laughs> you know, all the new fillings these days and stuff. You know, and it's tough, it's tough out there, man. You know, with the all the chains and stuff. So yeah, your influence is far-reaching. I I won't name them, but I can hear other 
Other comedians who've definitely been influenced by you. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think because, you know, partly because I just came at the start of something, you know, <clears> when <throat> we started at the comedy store in the in the late 70s, you know, there was a huge vacuum and we just, you know, you, we filled it, but we also set, you know, I particularly set a style. And I'm trying to, I was on a, an, another show, and I'm trying to get young comedians to kind of form a, like a fund mm. where they chip in, like Arena X, <laughs> chip in like 50p, yeah. uh, smaller acts, just a, a penny or something. Yeah. You know, it'd be a fund that would really acknowledge. Uh, I bought that what album, that, the album, the Comedy Store album. Yeah. Did you a really? Wa a wax disc. <laughs> yeah. it was a, a wax cylinder. It was vinyl. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. But it's interesting how your influence is still being felt because Claire Tomlinson, you know, the Sky Sports yeah. presenter, she's just got a new car. And she put it on Facebook, and the thing she said was, hello, Claire, got a new motor. <laughs> yeah, she got loads of those back. So people, <laughs> did people in vans still shout that at you now and again? Very occasionally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm grateful for that. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is talk sport, of course, and there are football references. <clears throat> there yeah, were football references quite a lot, in, actually. Yeah. In Sandwich Bar, and also this... The Albanian World Cup. So there's a kind of. You obviously do yeah, you like aren't football. You are the biggest football fan, are you? I mean, you like football, yeah, but you're not. No, well, I was born. Yeah, I was born in Anfield. Yeah. You know, about. I mean, about 500 yards from the ground. So mm. I always think that's a bit like Bow Bells for yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a Cockney. You know, <laughs> uh, the authentic Scousiness is. Although you know, unless you're an Evertonian, um, <laughs> you know, it's connected with how close you were born to 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 Anfield. So. Um, I've always had that very intimate relationship, I think, with football, just by being close, you know, but never, slightly kind of distance. And also because my parents were communists, you know, the, the team we supported was Moscow Dynamo. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> like, How did you keep in touch with their results then? It would be easy now. It, it would be, wouldn't it? Really? In, the, in the 50s, it was, it was hard, yeah. They, came, they came here in the mid-40s. They played <clears> Chelsea. They're still the record attendance. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, think of all 000. on the pitch, handing out flowers to yeah. each other. That's right. It's a famous yeah. old bit of football. Of yeah. them there, but you imagine like your, your folks coming home gutted, you know, 2 0 to Spartak. It's <laughs> yeah. all going off in like Barnstonworth <laughs> on Michael Palin. So, there we are. Uh, more uh, top interviews to come in the next hour of the show. More clips. I think we're going to delve into Fisherman's Blues just after Ooh, uh, the top of the hour. So, I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Lots more to come over the next couple of hours. Stick with us. Hope you're having a great Christmas. More from myself, Paul Hawksby, and Andy Jacobs. In a few moments' time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. That's the Ralph Harsenhutl Quartet uh, with their uh, Christmas album. Did you know that the South End manager is a pianist? Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> he hasn't lost his job, has he? The Southampton manager yeah. is a pianist. I are didn't you aware know that, of no. He plays a yeah, the piano. They're good, aren't they? Yeah, he's got a Steinway yeah. at home and he knocks yeah. out a tune for the boys. When they stay in hotels, Southampton, hmm. he plays for the team. He plays, well, he doesn't play for the team. He plays He plays piano for the, for the team. team. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, that's a bit of useless information. Well, it is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. It's true, I'm not making it up. It's Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Very Merry Christmas to you. We're having a great day so far. This we got some classic clips for you. We're here until four o'clock for the best clips of 2020. You're going to hear from Jim White, the TalkSport listeners, and a new one for you this year uh, from overnight's Paul Ross. Oh, yeah. Plus uh, more of our favourite interviews, Omid Jalili, David Morrissey, Paul Whitehouse, Bob Mortimer, to name but a few. Plus we'll bring you the very best of Striker, the Steve Bruce murder mystery novel that we serialised during lockdown with the help of the brilliant Ian Denter. But now, 
uh, it's time to head to the riverbank for the best of the clips from Fisherman's Blues this year. Yeah, Andy. That's right. And we start with Nigel, who decided to read the audiobook version of his autobiography on Fisherman's Blues this year. It was really good. Once upon a time, there was a boy who really liked fishing and loved dogs. It was me, the end. I expected a bit more, didn't you? <laughs> it's quite a short book. It is, really. It's a very easy read. It wasn't that taxing. Here's Nigel giving out the email address. One from Sarah Collins of Get Hooked on Fishing with a quick reminder. When I was speaking to Hayley Clapperton, I think we might have said, got the website wrong. If you want to get into fishing, it's www. Start again. www.getfishing.org.uk. It's a lot so of www. You couldn't get out of that, Nigel, once you no. got going. And uh, now, of course, it's panto season, and this is Nigel with an unlikely but beautiful bit of poetry. If you thought Keith Arthur's knife in the bum was a fisherman's tale, how about this cutting from the Daily Mail? <laughs> Here we are, panto yeah. season. And uh, actually, that's not the only time he got a bit poetic this year. And Clive Gammon <laughs> decided to start off trying to catch a salmon. That's like a little nursery <laughs> rhyme, isn't it? I Beautiful. This is a clip we're calling, Blimey, Edith's a bit worried there for a minute, Nigel. If you're of my generation, it'll be nostalgia. If you're younger, you've never seen Jack Hargreaves. But I tell you what, go and watch him. He's, all his old films are on. The last one I saw was him fishing Cut Mill in, in Dorset. But just Google Jack Hargreaves' old country. <laughs> I'd be worried for a minute. <laughs> worried for a minute, Nigel. We might have to take you off the air. <laughs> Nigel now with quite the suggestion. Perhaps this planet would be better off. You know, salmon are in danger of becoming extinct. Sharks are in danger of becoming extinct. Perhaps our planet would be better off if we became extinct. So there you go, something to ponder on. Yeah, not yeah. for long, obviously. <laughs> no, no idea. Doesn't sound like we've got much time. Yeah, great one for Christmas Day night. Yeah, thanks. That's cheered you all up, hasn't it? <laughs> Happy Christmas. That's actually not the only time Nigel shocked us this year, as he admitted this. It's interesting, that, because I wore long trousers for the first time on Thursday when I went down for the test. Is he a postman? <laughs> All these years he's got through it. Yeah. Surprising, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although that was a surprise, nothing matched this for the shock factor, as we think 2020 was the year Nigel finally went off fishing. Go to work today. Big shout out to anyone who's got to go to work today. We'd all rather be working than fishing, that's for sure. Yeah, Fair enough. He hates fishing. <laughs> of course, Nigel didn't go off fishing. In fact, it was quite a big year for him. He actually invented a new TV channel. You had some lovely 30s which were captured on film. I'd like to talk to you about that, and I'll never let you go without talking Clarissa. That's coming up next on Talksport Blue. Yeah, Talksport Blue. It's uh, the first 10 minutes of free, starts at midnight, but then they scramble the rest of it. It's a bit frustrating, really. On a similar note, here's Nigel with an interesting juxtaposition. In the 1800s, the skins from freshwater eels were used to make condoms. Um, I think I'll end this section on that note. And coming up next, as promised, we'll be speaking to Darren Cox. It's a bit unfortunate, <laughs> isn't it, really? <laughs> Nigel, now, I was chosen in your end, isn't it? Nigel now sounding off about HS2. The controversial 112 billion rail link, and I bet that will go up before it's finished, if it's finished, between London and Leeds, is caught up in a row over the potential disturbance of one of the UK's rarest mammals, which is the Bechstein bat. 
Yeah, good luck getting any sympathy for a bat this year, Nigel. <laughs> yeah, it seems not, not the year to get sympathy for a bat. Mm. Thankfully, once everything opened back up after lockdown, Nigel was able to head straight off on a little outing. My first time in a pub since lockdown. Uh, it seemed really strange. So strange, in fact. Um, I had a J2O and then a mug of tea. He's like a pocket Keith Richards, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Off the leash at last, J2O and a cup of tea. Rock and roll. Uh, this is a guest caller on the show. But really, mate, there's no need for bad language. We spawn in the hatcheries and they're coming through now, which is very exciting. We get pretty much every week at the moment, Nigel, we get a, a message from customers going, oh, <laughs> no need for that, mate. No, not really, no. Here's Nigel putting together a footballers who like fishing 11. Danny Higginbottom told me he was very keen fisherman when he was a lad. Um, then, needless to say, playing for Manchester United, fishing took a back seat. But uh, Danny Higginbottom's got to be in as one of our full-backs. And the other full-back, how about Tony Hibberton? Uh, Tony Hibberton. Tony Hibbert, ex-Everton. <laughs> With you, I like Danny Higginbottom. <laughs> yeah, very good, yeah. Uh, Nigel now turning back to the matter at hand and discussing a fish he hopes to hook. I want to catch a permit as well. I hooked and lost a huge permit last year, so that's my main aim, try and catch a permit. Don't you need some kind of paperwork to... Uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? I can't some kind of, of pass. It, no. <laughs> this is Keith Arthur sitting in for Nigel, and when the callers dry up, he just asks and answers his own questions. Now... Uh, shall I tell you about the Winter League at Donington? No, because I've got a bit more news. OK, fair enough. The man <laughs> basically talking to himself. Actually, whilst we're talking about Keith, here's Nigel again. I want to go fishing. I don't want to stop. I expect the music will be ramped up next week. I'll be up away on holiday and uh, Keith Arthur will be in the hot seat you know how much Keith loves his music we all know Keith used to be in a band with Ooh. Ooh, who was he in a band with that's yeah. what we can't have a guess uh, I'd right. say maybe I don't know maybe Larry Mullen from U2 the drummer it could have yeah. been yeah uh, it's hard to think really isn't uh, it yeah. Freddie Mercury possibly yeah. Od Ozzy Osbourne yeah, yeah. Paul Weller mm. just a, uh, no we give up we all know Keith used to be in a band with Ruth from Yately Angling Centre. Oh, OK. Maybe we were setting the bar a touch high, Andy, with, 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 our, with our guesses. And, and finally, it's Nigel getting in touch with nature whilst on the riverbank. For most anglers I know, watching the bird life is all part of the reason why we go fishing. That's very true. Yes, bird life. And we know it's a bit of a stretch, but we felt it still deserved immortalising in song. Yeah. Most anglers I know, watching the bird life is all part of the reason why we go fishing. Bird life, I suspect the gull was hoping that the cormorant had a fish and might drop it for the uh, greedy gull to cash in on. Bird life, and I spent Friday feeding maggots to a robin while I was perch fishing. I also spotted a kingfish, which always makes my day. Oh, there we are. Yeah, bird life, as you've never heard it before. <laughs> So that was Fisherman's Blues. Uh, we do love Nigel. It's a fine show. It's Britain's, it's the world's longest running fishing show. Yeah. And fishing, they've had a boom this year. It's been they great. Have, yeah, yeah. People are allowed to get back. So good old Nigel.
Well, we'll bring you more of the clips of the week uh, later in the show. Plus, uh, we've got Jim Wyatt, of course, Paul Ross, TalkSport caller. So stick around for that. But time for another of our favourite moments of 2020. And during lockdown, we kept ourselves sane without sport, just about by serialising Steve Bruce's classic murder mystery novel, Striker, that he wrote back in 1999. That's right, Steve Bruce, the Newcastle manager, He's written three murder mystery mm. novels. We brought you Strike. We can only find one. <laughs> we can only find one. They go for about a grand each, the collector's items. Our old mate Ian Danter was heroic in providing the voice. And here's how it unfolded over the course of a hundred and something episodes. <laughs> Here I was at the age of 38, first team coach at Leddesford Town. My job was to get the side back into the Premier Division where everybody in the city said they belonged. It was a surprise when I bumped into young Pat Duffy. There was a faraway look in the lad's eyes. What's the trouble, son? I asked. He took an envelope from the pocket of his jacket. I opened the envelope and read the letter inside. What I read was a mess of ill-written abuse mixed with threats. Best place for that is the wastebasket, son. But he says he's going to kill me, Duffy said. Has Pat Duffy gone out? I asked the girl on reception. She didn't know. I expected him to be standing next to my car. He wasn't there. I checked the reception area. I checked the toilets. Finally, I went down to the locker room. The sight that confronted me as I entered was something for which I was totally unprepared. Young Pat Duffy, air striker, was stretched out on the floor in a pool of blood. It was foolish. I went over and pulled the knife from his back. That's how it was when Carberry came in. Bright red blood on the knife blade. The knife in my hand. Duffy's dead body stretched out on the locker room floor. I'll give the police a bell, Carberry said. There was a knock on the door. I turned, expecting to see Julie ushering in Harry Pickles. In fact, she showed in two guys, although they were in plain clothes, it was clear that they were police officers. Please wait outside, Mr. Carberry. I saw him, Eddie Carberry spluttered, bending over poor young Duffy, Eddie said and the murder weapon in his hand. You're clearly an important witness, Widdison continued. You suspect me of killing young Duffy, don't you? I said. Why the hell should I want to kill Duffy? I asked angrily. Why should anyone want to kill him? That is something we have to establish, Mr. Barnes. Stephen Barnes, by the authority vested in me, I am placing you under arrest. I didn't do it, I said. He was dead when I found him. In one room, quite alone, was Jimmy Lawson. He placed his left foot on a chair. He drew up the left trouser leg to reveal two things. Cowboy boots that reached well over his ankles. And a scabbard or sheath for a knife. He drew out the knife. I shuddered. Pat Duffy had been stabbed to death. Pat knew and probably trusted Jimmy. For all I knew, at the fateful time, early in the morning of the previous day, Jimmy was at the club. Jimmy had the opportunity. He had the motive. Pat Duffy only needed more experience before he would take Jimmy's place as my first striker. And he had the means too. The knife he kept in his sheath against his leg. Opportunity, motive, means. The deck was stacked against Jimmy Lawson. He, more than Eddie Carberry, was to my mind, suspect number one. Before you go, Steve, there's a girl wants to see you. She says, the father of her child is the guy who killed Pat Duffy. It was Martin Thornton, skipper of the team. It was time to go to work, and I was shattered. On the way over the Pennines, I listened to the radio. In Leddesford, 
Someone had broken into the Territorial Armory and stolen a number of weapons, including two high-velocity rifles and some ammunition. A number of possibilities were forming in my mind. They all added up inexorably to a premonition, a deep-seated fear. The murderer was going to seek his second victim on the Friday, either before or during the game with Fulton, and I was likely to be a second victim. I went straight to the dressing room. I found Jimmy Lawson sitting there. He gave me a stare of pure hatred. Lawson had the knife in his hand. Put it away, Jimmy, I said as calmly as I could. I started to walk toward him. Keep back, he warned. I shook my head, more in sorrow than anger. I know you didn't kill Pat Duffy. I know that, I said soothingly. I reached and grasped his wrist. I levered the knife from his grasp. At the moment I was holding the knife, Bill Brown rushed in, followed closely by Chief Inspector Shannon and other police officers. Jimmy was led away. He was close to weeping. His whole world was about to fall apart. The pieces of the puzzle had come together. All clues pointed at my assistant first team coach. He hated me for what he rightly thought I was doing to his career. He hated Pat Duffy because of his, Eddie's, experiences as a soldier in Ireland. That was sheer prejudice, of course, but prejudiced people do not go out to kill. What had driven Eddie Carberry over the edge was his mistaken belief that his stepdaughter, his beloved Michelle, fresh from university with an honours degree on the cusp of a good career, had been made pregnant by Pat Duffy. When the Territorial Army Armoury, that's a tongue twist, had been broken into, and by someone who knew his way about, that was the final piece of the puzzle. Eddie had taken several weapons to make it appear a terrorist job, but what he really needed was a high-velocity rifle. The bull trickled tamely out of play, so I went over and retrieved the bull. As I picked up the bull, there was a terrific explosion. I fell back, sure I'd been hit with a bullet. The bull disintegrated in my hand. Once the police knew the direction of the shot, they were able to converge on Carberry's hiding place and arrest him. He put up a bit of a struggle, I was told by Shannon later, but he knew he'd lost. It was truly a game of two halves. For Fulton, hardly mounted an attack in the second half. We ran out winners by 4-1. At the end, the team hoisted me high on their shoulders and did two laps of the pitch. Then they stood in front of the main stand and presented me, as if I were a trophy, to Sir Lawrence and the board of directors. The rest of the evening's a bit of a blur. Just for a few hours, I went off the water wagon. It was champagne all round. The end. So there we are. That was uh, Striker, just a flavour of it. Actually, the whole thing, I believe, is still available to uh, download if it's if you've got a flavour of that and you've got nothing on the It was season. a tour de force by Dance. It really was. It was. And he, he, he had to sort of hold his nose in a way to do, to do Steve, Steve Bruce. Bruce. He has to push his nose push into his, his face. So it was difficult for him. But uh, If the wind had changed, he would have stayed like <laughs> he it. He did it apparently. brilliantly. Anyway, uh, lots more to come. Stick with us. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. We're having a fantastic Christmas. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Welcome back to Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year. We're here until 4pm with some of the best clips and best interviews of the year. I hope you're having a great day. 
and you can stick with us. Uh, it's time now for the TalkSport listeners to take centre stage as we bring you the best of the callers from 2020. Yes, and we begin with the Chelsea caller to Laura Woods on game day. Yeah, is that a signing that you'd encourage, that you'd like to see happen? Well, the only thing, I think Chelsea are quite strong on the wings in that they've got Hudson Adobe. Hudson Adobe, <laughs> he's, uh, he's uh, very good. A bit of an acrobat, apparently. <laughs> OK. Good old, uh, yeah. Uh, this is the caller trying to get a word in edgeways with Darren Bent. Mbappe is, is, is out there. He's, he's outrageously good. Jaden Sancho is very, very good. So why, why would you not go and get him? And I get what you're saying about uh, Salah and, and, uh, and Mane. They're both, uh, both exceptional. But I was thinking you can keep improving. <laughs> yeah. A bit Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't Sags, was it? Yeah. Here's a caller to the sports bar who's obviously a fan of mid-mornings on Talk Sport. Um, yeah. Tracy, we've got to take one more call, but um, um, have we ever spoken to you before? Have you ever phoned the show? Uh, yeah, I have phoned before. To talk to Jim Scott, I think, yeah. Good old Jim Scott, <laughs> uh, 10 till 1. Well, he is. his name's Jim and he is a Scott. Yeah, that's fair uh, enough, really. Jim White, of course. Uh, now, of course, some of the best caller clips come from the overnight show, and here's one to Paul Ross on Extra Time. They have no councils, no politicians, no anything else. And I think someone else is talking about it now on the phone, while I'm, while, on the radio. While I'm, while I'm I think it might be you. You need to turn your radio down, I think. It's your own voice you're hearing there, Daryl. Oh, sorry, mate. That would be some coincidence <laughs> if somebody who sounded just like you, Daryl, was talking about the same thing at the same time. It's brilliant, isn't it? The sports bar is just as good for great callers. Here's one to Andy and Jason. John's an Arsenal fan. He's first up. Hello, John. Good evening. John. Jonathan. Hello. Johnny. Hello, John. John, John, John. Hello. Yeah, Hello, John. John. Keep talking now, John, because we can hear you. You can hear me now? Yeah. But, John? But, I mean, we, we need more than just, can you hear me now? We need more words to oh, fall right. out Well, no one told me I was coming on. John, surely when someone goes, John, you're up next, can you hear us? You go, yeah, I can hear you. Hello, boys. Surely you do that. Well, I wouldn't mind, but my name is James. There we are. <laughs> you kind of knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is their old mate, Danny Kelly, setting up a competition. Yeah, thanks to affordable luxury travel, we've got an incredible five-night holiday for two in Dubai to give away this week. I've got Peter on the phone. Hello, Peter. Hello, Peter. We'll get him back in a second. I've got Peter on the phone who was registered online. Peter, hello, Peter. Hi, my name's Raymond. Okay, um, so Raymond. that's all good then. Raymond, hello, Raymond. Hello, uh, this hello, is hello the, lad. This yeah, is the. I want to talk about the, the coronavirus. Oh, okay. <laughs> Much of a competition, <laughs> yeah. is it, really? A corner to Max and Charlie on the Saturday warm up now. Just before we go further, yeah. I was going to be in Anfield. I was supposed to be at Anfield today. Ooh, oh, really? I would have been a, yeah, uh, you know, but you know, what can I do? I'm on the phone with yourself. Are, are you I'm a red? Just, I'm, oh, if you cut me, I, blood, I, I bleed red. Yeah, I think most of us do, don't we? Most people do, really. Yeah. Here's another caller to the sports bar. Uh, two one nine is next. Who's two one nine? I don't know. Is it me? Yes, yes that's you. What's your name? Is this Talksport? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, easily <laughs> pleased. Doesn't take much, does it? You did call them. You must yeah. know. Anyway, and staying with the sports bar, it was great to hear Boise from Only Fools and Horses' son Mark give the boys a ring. Maybe Mark, the West Ham fan, has got stuff for us. Hello, Marky Mark. Hi, Hi Mark. great show as ever. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Marlene. One of the ways uh, TalkSport got through several months for no sport this year was Fake Brothers' live quiz on a Saturday. Here's a contestant having a go. 
Name the only Danish international to win Premier League Player of the Year. Danish. Danish. Um, oh, oh. Uh, does it matter which one I say? Ideally, yeah. The correct <laughs> one is one we're looking for, I would imagine. Yeah, that, that's that's where it matters. <laughs> Back to the sports bar, and Andy completely eviscerating a caller, literally. Stop! 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 Do not misquote me. I have never, ever said I want Ollie gone, ever. <laughs> the bloke made melt. I think he melted. Uh, actually, it was an exciting year for the callers, as I think we may have unearthed a new European football expert among these sports bar listeners. Uh, let's go to Anthony's, an Arsenal fan. Hello, Ant. Good evening. Great show, lads. Yeah, um, Arsip, I'd like to win because obviously I love me Red Bull. There we are, RB Arpsig, because he likes his Red Bull. Yeah, definitely. Andy Brassel, move over. <laughs> Actually, there's a bit of stiff competition for European expert role, as this caller discussing Chelsea's Kai Havertz could also be in the frame. He's got it all. And when somebody said these are cross between, uh, what was it? They crossed in between oh, uh, Kuz and Ozil and somebody else. Yeah, Kai Havertz. I think a lot of pundits have said he's a cross between Coos, Ozil and somebody else. That's the level of detail we need on the talk. That's right, yeah. This is a caller chatting about an at-the-time Welsh exile at Real Madrid. Bale is a gifted and talented player. Mm. At the moment, he is sitting on the bench, just like that guy did at Chelsea a few years ago, who got lambasted. What? Bernard Lambasted? Yeah. Marco Lambasted. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's go back to the sports bar again. Uh, let's go to Ronnie's up next. Hello, Ronnie. Hello, mate. Oh, sorry, just caught me in the toilet. <laughs> oh, that's, not, that's too much. That too much for us. Sorry if you're having an early lunch. Here's Sir Adam <laughs> Cattrall chatting to a confused West Ham caller towards the end of last season. We haven't signed anyone that's any good. We spent £42 million on... A striker that's fit half the time. Mm. We spent forty-two million on. Andy, a are you staying up? Are you okay. staying up? Are you going to stay up? Yeah, I'm staying up. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't mean tonight. <laughs> are, are your team staying up this season? <laughs> I'll stay up as long as you want me to stay. Yeah, up. No problem. I'll stay up at least till one till you finish. <laughs> this is a caller talking Liverpool with a very good recovery. That's not the way Liverpool should be playing. They should at least be getting a draw out of that. They're meant to be the champions. You know, they, they, they gave them the um, the clap. But, you know, they clapped them onto oh, the bench. A, yeah, that was a good job you, uh, <laughs> you put that in the right Qualified, order. Qualified, really. Let's have one last one from Andy and Jason on the sports bar. Ken's a Spurs fan. He's up next. Hello, Ken. Good evening. Hello, lads. How are you? Well, good, Hi, Kenneth. Are you a Kenneth or a Kenny or what are you? Uh, a bit of both. A bit of all. Ken, Kenny, Kenneth. Are you yeah, named after yeah. anyone famous, Ken? Um, yes, I am, actually. Uh, Matt Monroe. <laughs> Surely you should be called Matt then, shouldn't we? Well, you would think so. Yes, never mind. This is a classic example of one of my favourite types of clip. It's the Mike Parry Show and Talk Radio taking a call. Let's move on because you're all calling in in your droves. I want to get round as many of you as I can tonight, please. Let's go to the beautiful county of Dorset and talk to Maggie. Hi, Maggie. How are you? Hello, Maggie. Thank you, Mike, for taking my call. <laughs> Hello, Maggie. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, finally, it's a caller to drive. Probably not Diop, but he's up there with him. I would say he's on par with him if he's not better. Yeah, I would, mate. Yeah, OK, that's a fair shout. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. You're all telling me I, I agree with you, of course. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 
So there we are. They were the best clips from uh, the listeners over the past 12 months. Still to come with plenty more clips, including the best of Jim White, Paul Ross, and another lucky dip, the best of the rest of the TalkSport presenters. But time now for another of our favourite interviews from 2020. It was an absolute pleasure to be joined by footballing royalty in the shape of the former Spurs and England striker and Match of the Day host, Gary Lineker. Good afternoon, Gary. Uh, good afternoon, chaps. There's a lovely photo of you, your boys, and Lionel Messi. Uh, I think you say something like four boys you all love or something like that anyway. But I know you're a <laughs> massive fan of him. And what, what now for him, though? Because, you know, you'd like to think his last couple of years, three years, will be, you know, winning. But uh, at the moment, it looks difficult. Very much so. It's amazed. What amazes me is that um, he's 33 now and he's playing in a, a, a relatively poor Barcelona side, certainly the poorest in, in his career that he's been there. There's no question his powers are on the way in a little bit. Um, that has to happen. But he's still, I would say, got two or three years. And he's also he's clever enough footballer to, to probably get longer than that, playing perhaps a more deeper role or something. But it'll be interesting to see whether, whether he does... Um, try and leave and it would be very sad for Barcelona sad in many ways but at the same time it would be very sad to see his, his last couple of years perhaps at the top just peter out in an ordinary team so he's got a decision to make the club have a decision to make if he if he wants to go um, but imagine if he did come to you know the, perhaps the Premier League or somewhere um, say a club like Manchester City which is the obvious link because of Guardiola mm. if, he, if he went there for a club, obviously, massive investment that they've had, but to turn them into a global brand, what better than having someone that's got hundreds of millions of, of fans all around the world? It, it would kind of do it instantly. And all of a sudden, Manchester City would have fans all over the world. Um, and one of the new money clubs like City, that takes a long time to build that fan base. So you could see that there would be an interest in that. And that's just that's aside from the fact that he's also obviously the most magical footballer um, I think we've ever seen. Yeah, I'd like to see him at Burnley. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, let's see if he can do it at Turf Moor yeah. on a, a cold <laughs> Wednesday night. Yeah. I think he probably could. Actually. You can't <laughs> rob Stoke of that. You yeah, no, Stoke well, yeah, yeah, they've, got, they've got to get back in the. He's not going to Stoke. You uh, you mentioned no. the, uh, Pep there, Gary, and I know you're a big fan of his, and of course we all are, and what he's done yeah. for football and transformed football. But I was thinking last night watching Bayern, who I think are a wonderful football team. Are Bayern under Hansi Flick better than they were under Pep? Is that sacrilege to say that? Um, well, well, we'll see, won't we? Um, <laughs> but Pep obviously started that, and Pep's transformed their team. He didn't win the Champions League; he lost, I think, three semi-finals with Bayern. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, but Flick's been a number two by and large. Um, but you know, Pep's done it over a long period of time. Hansi Flick's done it over a few months, and he's also he's he's doing it at the moment, and he's playing a, a game which is a dangerous game. Um, he's playing a, a high line, and he's doing it when there's no pressure on the ball, and if you've got half decent centre forwards and, and know what they're doing, you, you'd absolutely turn them over. And they, But it's great to watch because basically that theory really is that we'll outscore the opposition. Now there's another story around internationals and obviously Gareth wants everybody out there for these games, these Nation Cup games. And uh, obviously one or two of the managers with the amount of fixtures they've got to fit into a short space of time before the Euros next year are slightly peeved by this. But in your playing career, was there ever a period when you had that... Um, so you were lent on slightly by the club or the manager for, for a convenient oh, hamstring? Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> yeah, of course, all the time. But I love playing for the country and there's no way that was going to happen. I think most players like You always get pressure 
from from oh you, come on you look a bit tough man we'll pull you out of this one and this and that you know I remember it happening it happened with Howard Kendall it happened with Terry Venables I totally understand why you know they're the managers of their football club they're not interested in how you do internationally really they just want you know they don't want to risk you getting injured for, in a and, and missing some important club games so I understand why it happens but but by and large players you know you'll get the odd exception and some some will weaken occasionally under massive pressure but by and large players do want to perform for their country there's no it's the highest thing you can do is pull on that you know shirt with the three lines and there's no way I ever t- I, I used to say I'm sorry I'm going oh, that's it it's too important to and I've had hardly any rest at all. I'm not sure that will help next summer. That's what I'm worried about, mm. the, the knock-on effect when you get to the Euros. You actually get everyone's had kind of three or four months off Yeah. Um, earlier in the year. I mean, let's not forget that. I know this period of this summer has been very short, particularly for the team still in the Champions League. Uh, oh, bless you! It's catching. catching. Andy was sneezing as well. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> all the years, all my years of broadcasting, doing match of the day, doing BT, doing whatever else I've done, I think that's the first time I actually had to sneeze. And I was having that conversation the other day because I get hay fever a lot. Yeah, I do sneeze a lot, but I think that's the first time I've ever done it. So apologies. For oh, that. that's no, no, right. I've nice. done about a hundred. I won't worry it's about nice it. It's nice we've got a Lineker first on this show. It's fantastic. <laughs> there we are, Gary Lineker. Yeah, it was in good form. Great, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. great to hear from him as always. Always good when he pops into the studio. So, lots more to come as we said. More classic clips, more of our favourite interviews. Hope you're having a fantastic uh, Christmas. It's Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Laura Woods there. She's got a lovely voice, isn't she? Tremendous. Yeah, the big band album. I think it's it's out next Christmas. Still working on it. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. Welcome back to uh, Hawksby and Jacob's Clips of the Year here on TalkSport. Still to come, we'll bring you some more of our favourite clips from 2020, including the best of Jim White and Paul Ross. But time now for another of our favourite interviews from 2020. And we caught up with many friends of the show during lockdown, including our old mate, German comedy ambassador, Henning Vane. Henning, good afternoon. Good afternoon. You're well, you too. Oh, we're not too bad. Thanks, Henning. <laughs> not too bad, Henning. Echoey. So, uh, Henning, how have you been coping in this uh, in this uh, lockdown uh, over here in in the UK, Henning? Where you've, of course, lived for many years. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm blessed. I live on the south coast, and hmm. um, so I went. I was out essentially cycling most days. The roads were fantastically empty for cycling, so it was like well, it must have been like in the 1950s with. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, probably see three cars an hour or something. Well, absolutely fantastic. I'm quite interested, Henning, in your diet. I mean, here, you've lived here for many years. Have you adapted to the English diet, or you still sort of hanker after sort of German well, Do you think he sits there eating bratwurst all day and well, sauerkraut? I'd be very him. surprised, Henning, if that's the case. Yeah, no, I mean, I've had a big uh, life-changing moment about seven years ago when I uh, gone vegan. So... Oh. Yeah, no, my, my mother thinks I'm not all there. So whenever I go home, she's like, you're not eating properly and all that luck. So uh, I would say my uh, my diet has changed quite dramatically over those last uh, last year, last few years. Yeah. And, uh, well, do I miss anything from home? I tell you what, I look out the window now, the sun is out. I can see the sea. There really isn't that much I miss. Hmm. 
No, I can understand that. Uh, well, that's you, fair enough. You've yeah. also, in lockdown, you have come up, I see, with German rhyming slang. So you're a fan of the Cockney rhyming slang. You've been working on some <laughs> German rhyming slang. Yeah, do you think that might catch on? I think it could. Well, we all love we all well, love the Bundesliga yeah. now. We're all obsessed with German football, so it may just it may it may evolve through our love of German football. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, have you got a few examples handy? Let, let me let me test you then. Uh, uh, British politics is in a right old Rudolf. Is it, uh, uh, Rudolf Hess. <laughs> Rudolf Hess. Very good. Yeah, no That's terrible. <laughs> but if you don't stand, if you don't stay, if you don't stay indoors, they might send you down to France. Uh, the friends, the, uh, oh, the friends clamour. Exactly. Yeah. Slammer. Um, you end up in the slammer in the old friends. Yeah. Friends clamour. That's right. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. I was thinking Beckenbauer. What is that? How does that work? I can see that. Take you well, could say be... Sha- yeah, Schalke in a right old Rudolph. You can, uh, yeah, yeah, they certainly yeah. are. So, yeah. uh, well, Beckenbauer, I don't know what would be uh, Franz Beckenbauer, probably 11th hour. 11th hour, yeah. Oh. We well, scored an equaliser well, in the Franz Beckenbauer. Or you have yeah. to take a Franz Beckenbauer after the game. Or an early Franz Beckenbauer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm just off for, I'm just off for a Franz. What do you mean? I'm off for a Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah. And a shave as well. This is good, Henning. I like this it. This works. Uh, should we add to it? I mean, the listeners, I think they may. Uh, you had a few more. You had um, uh, we had a right old Rudolph in there. You had, uh, and this virus is a proper Boris, was another one you gave us. Can we say that this time of the day? Yeah, I think you can. Boris yeah. Becker, Brecker. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, right. yes, Boris yeah. Becker, yeah. Let's hope the government gets us out of this helmet. Helmet, helmet. Um, oh, coal, helmet coal. Hole. Yeah, let's settle. Okay, let's not go with his predecessor, Helmut Schmidt. Let's go Helmut Cohen. <laughs> I know, I went to Helmut Schmidt. I You're thought right. you might have yeah, done. I, yeah, good job. I went down the coal rather than the Schmidt route. Yeah, your, brilliant. <laughs> your coal, and you know you are. <laughs> As like they it. sing. You might, after this, uh, it's a good chance you'll go and put the old Sebastian on for a cup of tea. You're always you're always up for a Steffi, aren't you? Uh, I, I said a Steffi. Um, Henning. <laughs> I'm always up for it. Yeah, thanks for asking. Steffi Graf, laugh. Always oh, up for yeah. a Steffi Graf. Um, yeah, that's very good. Uh, what else? We there was another one I liked. Uh, an Ava. We're in the cut. We're currently we're easing ourselves out of Ava. Uh, I'm sorry, Ava, if you're listening. This uh, Ava Brown lockdown you went with. Ava Brown lockdown. I don't know if that really works. <laughs> lockdown doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, let's pronounce it in German. Eva Brown lockdown. Eva. <laughs> the old Eva. We're living through the old Eva. Um, <laughs> And uh, you've you've been you've been uh, topping up your your Oliver, I understand. I certainly have. Yeah, Oliver can tan. <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> I mean, it's like hours of fun, isn't it? Just for for schmitz and giggles. It's good. I'll tell you what, if there is enough good ones, maybe we can turn it into a little Nadia Tiller. <laughs> Nadia Tiller. It's a German actress of the seventies. Nadia okay. Tiller, stocking filler. <laughs> a nice, nice little nice oh, Nadia yeah. Tiller, stocking filler. You got to have a system. I'm sure um, if there is an award ceremony, Henning, you'll get plenty of Berties, Bertie votes. 
Oh yeah, that's not oh, that's not rhyming nine. slang. Yeah, Bertie <laughs> votes votes. That's not really rhyming slang, is it? Andy? Oh, he's put in that for the purpose of this. Yeah, that'll do. So yeah, let's a, not start. I'm being. a bit of a Morris Volts dolt. <laughs> let's not start. Yeah, let's not bring Stefan into this conversation. <laughs> there we are, uh, Henning Vane, a man who worked in football, didn't he? For yes, Bayer he did. Erdogan. He's yeah, funny a club guy. That went out of business, and mm. I think he worked on the commercial side. So I don't know if there's any. It's amazing. He's he he still got his accent, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. What is it? Yeah, he's not lost it, I think it's fair <laughs> exactly. to say. So stick around. Still lots to come. Uh, we got some uh, more classic clips. Another lucky dip for you uh, very shortly. It's Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Gibbs, I'm preparing for some Christmas sharing, but I pause because hang in my stocking. I can hear knocking. Is that you, Santa Claus? That sounds like Alan at Cheltenham. <laughs> it is. That's when he recorded it. Last day at Cheltenham, about 10 o'clock in the morning. Alan's best satchmo. Yeah. Could be Ray Houghton. He does a good satchmo in commentary, doesn't That's he? That's true. Welcome back to Hawksby and Jacobs. Uh, clips of the year on TalkSport. Time for a random batch of clips now. The best of the rest of the TalkSport listeners as we bring you another lucky dip selection. Andy, if you want to dip your hand into the bag, have a rummage around and see what we've got to kick off. Well, we start with Sam Allardyce. And what's that word you use when you haven't got time to say advisable? It's certainly a, a massive problem. So uh, cutting down on social media would be wisable for most players. It would be wisable. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Dennis Wisable. Uh, here's Georgie Bingham struggling a little to remember the name of an ex-Premier League player. Let's take a look at the yesterday's Bundesliga action and look ahead to today's. Uh, Cass, any thoughts on yesterday's that you'd like to talk to before we go to Janaj Flintoff? Oh, yeah. I remember him in 2005. He was tremendous, wasn't he? That's Known as Friedrich uh, in the dressing room, wasn't he? I think. This is Simon Jordan now discussing Wolves' wonderful history. You've got to look at it and say, this is a great club. This is a club that back in the 50s with Billy Wright being married to the Everly sisters and all that went with that... <laughs> Not to unpack there. I think it was the Beverly sisters, uh, not uh, yeah. not Don and, and Phil. And it was the Everly brothers. And it was only mind. one of them. He wasn't playing for Riyadh Rovers. He was playing for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, here's uh, Andy Goldstein on drive alongside Goffey with a question for a listener. What's your favourite ever ice cream? Probably an old classic 99. Yeah, you like the 99 as well. Route 1. Do you, one. do you remember a Magnifico, Matt? I've heard of that. I don't think I ever Was that with the that bits one? and Thousand Islands on the top of a lolly? I don't <laughs> like the sound of the Yorkshire ice cream with Thousand <laughs> Island on it. That'd be quite it's horrible. A bit sickly. It would be. This is Danny Murphy in conversation with Manchester City's Kevin De Bruyne. Sometimes it's like a lower team I, I would watch. It. it just depends on the situation. You know, I've got a young family, I've got a third on the way. When you've got to go, you've got to go. A bit too much information there, Kevin. <laughs> cut, Thanks. Cut the interview short. It must be an old quaint Belgian saying that got lost in translation. <laughs> Paul Coit here on Early Breakfast on TalkSport 2. And you'd never guess that he once worked in music radio. Early Sports Breakfast on TalkSport, TalkSport 2. How are you? I hope you're awake. I hope you're feeling okay. It's 5.14. Uh, I'm Paul Coit, former world number one golfer Luke. Donald joins us very shortly and we'll go through today's front pages. <laughs> right good. on the beat. It's actually good, though. Beautifully done. And sticking with music, this is Adam Catterall and Mickey Gray on the sports bar. Um, what's, the, what's, the, uh, what's the greatest gig that you've ever been to? George, you... George Michael. Straight on away. his own or as Wham? Or when, when did you see no, him? Oh, on his own. How old were you? Oh, it was only about... Well, when did he pass away? It was before then, obviously. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I would imagine. You I would imagine he was at his best at, at, that, at, at that stage when Miggy saw him. <laughs> Jamie O'Hara now on uh, breakfast, reflecting on Spurs' victory over Everton at White Hart Lane. As a Spurs fan, it was really, really painful to watch because Everton were poor. I mean, they were non-existent in the game and Ancelotti would have walked home thinking, that was a bad game. Blimey, long way to go, isn't it? it goes. About 200 miles, isn't it? Yeah. I hope he got a sponsor, Carlo. Made some money. This is Darren Ambrose predicting a change of career for Sheffield United manager Chris Wilder. It's going to be a long season for them unless unless he can change the, the, his philosophy and the way he plays. And I'm I'm sure I, I think he's a great manager. Yeah, it'll be unfortunately it'll be guttering for him if he he did go down. <laughs> Can't see him going into the world of guttering if he loses his job. Well, you know that when that went out the autumn, yeah. a lot of leaves well, in the gutters. Know, he might. There was a lot of call for it at that time of the well, year. Well, there, there certainly is, Andy. We weren't drawn on it for too long. I think it was just a simple uh, error. Um, here's Laura Woods with news of some live sport. Live horse racing on TalkSport 2 this afternoon from 1 o'clock. You can listen to commentary from, um, I'm not going to say that word, um, Otto Exa. Is that what Otto Exa? Otto Exa. Complete that's Otto right. Exa. Yeah, that, you, Toxeter. Yeah, that's the one. That was the one. Yeah. Here's Darren Goff talking about Manchester City's title-winning side on Drive. We're talking about a younger silver, you know what I mean, who was at the top of his game, Aguero, Tevez, Yaya Torre, Nasri. I mean, he goes on, the underrated Gary Barry. Oh, oh Gary Barry. Gary Barry. Oh, good old Gary Barry. <laughs> uh, this is Georgie Bingham with news of a surprise anniversary. Now, here's a good one. Uh, John Watson celebrating his 500th year as a commentator. Of <laughs> course. He's older than he looks, Motty, isn't he? He is, really. Yeah. We were a bit surprised to hear Hugh Woosencroft say this to his loyal listeners on kickoff. Two of the worst decisions we've seen yet. What are your views on it? 08717 I'll see you next Tuesday. No need for that. <laughs> They'll soon turn against him if he uses that. Anyway, yes. this is Ray Parler on Breakfast discussing Hull City. A lot of it's down to confidence. Uh, I remember going to Hull City. I think we just signed me, myself and Dean Windass. He got double wages. <laughs> yeah, he did, really. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, me, myself and Dean Winder. And this is David Spencer with the news. Labour have described the government's decision to scrap Public Health England as irresponsible and desperate blame-shifting. Matt, Hanco Matt Hancock's... <laughs> yeah, well, makes a big difference. It does, really. does yeah. make a big difference. <laughs> now, if Ali McCoist is in the audience, we think George Sexton Kerr might have a future in stand-up comedy. Ex-England goalie David Seaman, 56, admits saving cash by using tea bags twice. <laughs> David uses his tea bags twice. Two cups of tea, one tea bag. <laughs> Ali, <laughs> you play... <laughs> Good job he didn't use them three times, <laughs> didn't he? Could have had I wouldn't open with it, George. I, know, I laugh a lot, but that was ridiculous. <laughs> this is Adrian Durham discussing the great Daley Thompson. I don't know if you remember it. He just went straight back up, bounced, bounced up off his back, straight onto his feet. And I thought, how the hell's he done that? Totally, 100% fit. And what a complete and utter athlete. Oof, that was close. <laughs> yes. Complete and utter athlete. Jason Cundy here with a question for a Swansea fan. Well, we say question. You've done well because you took advantage of what, Really, Brentford would have been devastated that they got themselves even in the playoffs. You know, had they picked up the result against Barnsley, and Barnsley secured their survival with literally the last kick of the game uh, down at Griffin Park. But I, th I think sometimes you have to accept that the better time, the better side goes through. I just wondered, moving forward now, once you've had a taste of this and a bar has been set and a standard has been set, 
next season, I mean, Ryan Brewster, how good has he been? Do you expect to keep hold of him? Will he go back to Liverpool? What more has got to be added to the squad? What have you got to do to, to ensure not only do you get in the playoffs, but potentially go knocking on the door of automatic? Yeah, it was like one of Alan's, wasn't it? <laughs> I think it was, but Alan's a shame, blimey. Yeah, unfortunately, Darren Goff couldn't make it into the studio earlier in the year, so he had to use the Goffy bot. At 4.30, Brighton have signed a Premier League champion. We'll hear from Adam Lalana. Cashier number five, please. <laughs> and on a similar theme, this is the Mike Parry show on Talk Radio. And amazingly, Mike ran out of human guests to chat to and had to resort to speaking to robots instead. The lead author of that report, Dr. Robert Fower, is with me right now. Dr. Fower, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and finally, it's a great recovery by Cass, talking to betting expert Nicola McGeady. You know I love a next manager market, but yeah, unfortunately <laughs> we didn't get the chance to speculate. You love sacking uh, suck people, didn't you? <laughs> Phew. <laughs> great recovery there. Yeah. So there we are. That's all from the Lucky Dip on our Clips of the Year Christmas Day special. Just time then for another highlight from 2020 and it was the chance to catch up in the studio with the brilliant actor and Liverpool fan David Morrissey he joined us back in January Dave good to see you good to be here how are you last yeah. time I saw you was in uh, last time I saw you was at uh, yeah was in, in Milan in, no in Madrid in Madrid I mean yeah, yeah. for the final I, you, I got this call Paul and there <laughs> yeah. you were resplendent in your Liverpool shirt yeah, well, it was, uh, was that before the match or after uh, the match? Before, before the match we didn't yeah, see we, each other after no, the I, I, I sent you a text but it was yeah it was, <laughs> he slipped it was, quietly away yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did, I've got to be honest I, I didn't stay for the trophy I mean really? is, that, is that bad of me <laughs> no I was just too down fully understandable polite applause for the Liverpool there fans wasn't, beat, me, but, there wasn't many Tottenham fans in the stadium. No, you had to beat the Madrid traffic. You were <laughs> staying in Portugal. I, I needed a beer say. after that. You know, no. you never quite know what you're going to get with with owners. Um, but I think you've been quite lucky, really, haven't you? Yeah. Now, Dave, you, you are uh, inside uh, number nine, the brilliant series. Uh, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton have done this. What sort of series three? This one, I would imagine. Four, four, I think. four or five. Yeah, actually, yeah, five. Yeah, that yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But they're so. always brilliant. These little half hour. Um, the kind of loose theme of number nine, but they're, they're, they've yeah. been having some brilliant like ones. like Tales of the Unexpected. Yeah, yeah it has a bit of darker edge. An edge yeah. of that. You're playing a referee. So I play you? a football referee, and uh, the, it, it takes place in the referee's dressing room just before the game, half time, and after the game. Right. That's the three act structure. So it's hard to talk about because mm. with all of the inside numbers nines, they. There's a real reveal in there sometimes that really... Is the number nine a shirt number? Can you even so I can't even tell you that. Right. So you're going to have to... Because normally it's like the door of the house yeah. or something, but what, what could it could be? Could be pitch number nine if it's Sunday, if it's Sunday morning. Yeah, I mean, that's what we conjecture. You'll have to watch you that. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. but, but, so mm. it's hard to talk about, but there is a reveal mm. in there. So, But it's I love those guys. I've worked with all of them a lot, really. Uh, Reese and I did a play in the West End called Hangmen, which was... Oh, yeah, great. so I came and saw that. It was, uh, it was excellent, yeah. Great time. And Steve and I were in Blackpool, and he was recently in this uh, the TV show Britannia, which I do for Sky. So you, you did your research for the role. You didn't I just did. rock up. You, you got in touch with me, and and um, I put you in touch with Graham Pohl, who... who your, was... your address book of the stars. But he was very much up for it. He was a fan of your work, so he said, yes, I'd love to speak to David. And yeah, then that, that was, was good for you, I think. It's brilliant. And, you know, one of the things, when I'm doing a job like this, all I want to know is the things that, you know, we forget about our own profession. The things that I have to find out are the things that you've been in the job so long, you've forgotten that you're, you're doing it. So I was talking to him about things like how the game had changed, particularly with 
regard to fitness. Mm. So, you know, referees now, are, they have to, you know, they have to pass all sorts of tests, but they have to keep up with the game. Even though they've got VAR, they've still got to keep up with the game. So they have to have a level of fitness. So he's telling me about how he can do that, and sometimes he can train with clubs and stuff like that, nutrition, all those things. And my referee is very much sort of, he sees himself as an athlete. He doesn't see himself as an official. Yeah. Know? So there's there's all those things I was talking to him. Did he I give just, you any whistle training? He gave me <laughs> the old Acme Thunderer. Yes. Yeah. He gave me a, one sharp blow of uh, for the end of the game or whatever. It was all that I love for the for the fouls and stuff. Yeah. So there was all that, but also there yeah. is a lot of equipment as well. There's loads of yeah, stuff yeah, that you have stuff, to put yeah. in and. Uh, before you go out and, and talking to the players beforehand, talking to the manager beforehand, how certain clubs uh, sort of treat you as opposed to other clubs, mm. you know, th all that stuff, you know, how referees treat themselves, the dynamic between those four officials in that mm. room and how they change sometimes. That was really fascinating. Yeah, and that's we, very true of our show. We went to, we were very lucky to be invited uh, to have lunch with some of the referees at, uh, during the 2014 World Cup. Yeah. And we went to their hotel in just about <coughs> an hour outside yeah. of Rio. And the, the banter between the refs yeah. and the sort of mickey taking and the sort of, almost, it, it was quite surprising. Yeah, it's it, kind right? of it's quite edgy sort of banter where one of them's had a bad game and then they'll be giving them a little bit of stick yeah, by and saying, yeah, oh, definitely. so you'll be, you'll be heading off tomorrow, will you? Always, <laughs> won't that. see you in the yeah, second round. Like, but it's an edge to it. That referee's union doesn't exist yeah. sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> no, and he was saying that very much so that, you know, you can fall out with people very quickly. Mm. And then, you know, but when they're doing the job, obviously they're all very professional, but off, off, off the pitch, there are those jibes and stuff. But it was great to talk to him, fascinating to talk to him. And I think, you know, the more we can... I remember he used to do a slot on the radio, didn't yeah. he, on your show? Mm. The more we can hear from referees oh, about yes. why they're doing those decisions. And, and even when they feel that the referee on the, on the match has, has got it wrong, it's great to hear yeah. that, so that we're not left thinking, well, why has he done that? You know, if, if, if a top-class referee can explain to me a decision that we're all screaming about, then I can think, oh, OK, I get it now. Well, the referees I mean, themselves, they, they, they wanted... There was a period when they wanted to do that, and it yeah. was done a couple of times by senior refs, but I think the hierarchy felt that they didn't want referees exposed like that with a microphone thrust in front of but them. But why would they do that? I mean, because mm. it's not right at the end of the game, is it? It's sort of like you would talk to Graham and he'd assess certain games through the week. It would yeah. be right down the line, but I could understand coming off pit side and having a microphone in your face might be not sure right, but later on there we are always good to see david absolutely uh, yeah. lovely guy big talk sport listeners mm. so, so look stick around we've got more clips for you got the best of jim white from mid mornings coming up shortly more top interviews as well we hope you're all having a fantastic christmas day uh, and stick with us right through until four the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport i'll keep you warm this winter night you bring a tree, I'll bring the lights. Now blanket my wood and white. And show me the magic I've been waiting. Good afternoon, Merry Christmas, and welcome back to Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year. We're here for another hour with some of our favourite clips from 2020 and some of our favourite interviews from the year, including Paul Whitehouse, Bob Mortimer, and Omid Jalili. But now, let's bring you the best clips of the year from the king of mid-mornings, Mr Transfer Deadline himself, Jim White. That's right. Uh, the yellow ties donned and we begin with Jim telling us about his very odd start to the day that week. Because I wasn't entirely sure when uh, United would be in touch this morning about Bruno. And uh, I had myself a couple of plates of cereal. 
Doesn't it kind of fall off? Use a bowl, Jim, because I find it under the shallowness of the plate is going to see the milk landing in your really. lap, isn't it? Actually, that's not the only time Jim shocked us this year, as we were really surprised to hear him say this. This yeah. is the most common form of discrimination, isn't it, Jane? If yeah. we can eradicate football... He'd have no work, would he? <laughs> Rubbish. He'd be virtually unemployed. Now, uh, this is Jim introducing a guest, or is it a quiz? He was at Leeds United. He was back at Sheffield Wednesday on loan. He was a terrific player. He really was. And when I say Carlton Palmer, good afternoon. We all know who I mean. Is it A, Danny Wilson, <laughs> B, David Hurst, or C, Carlton Palmer? Now, here's Jim reminiscing. I go all the way back to when I was a kid reporter, not knowing my own name, Dom, in the outskirts of Glasgow. <laughs> Surely your own name. Surely your own name. It's not Jim is Scott, it. is it? Yeah, it could be, yeah. Here's Jim saying hello to his co-host, Natalie Sawyer and Trevor Sinclair. Good morning, good morning. Terrific stuff. Natalie, good morning to you. Trevor, good to good speak morning. to you, mate. All loud and clear up in your neck of the woods. Everything good? So good. Yeah. Apparently not, clear. <laughs> really? <laughs> Staying with Jim and his co-host, here he is with Natalie chatting to French football expert Julien Laurent. Julian, your fee remains the same, does it, mate? Or can we expect an inflated one coming in shortly? <laughs> no, no, no. We, we're friends here, so it's fine. Oh, I like uh, that. Nice. If, if you were here now, I'd, I would give you a French kiss. Fair enough. <laughs> um, here's Jim acknowledging the birthday of a national treasure. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is 31 today. It's his birthday. Who could bake him a cake? Delia Smith could. She shares a birthday with Aubameyang. Delia, happy birthday to you. You do not look a day over... 79? <laughs> That's a way to pay a lady a compliment. A You're supposed to say about 15 years off, Jim. <laughs> Not actually come out, but you don't look a day over your age. <laughs> yeah, of course. We know that Jim gets all the big-name guests. And here he is signing off after an hour in the company of former Swansea and Sheffield Wednesday manager Carlos Carvajal. I'm not in tomorrow. No. I'll be back Friday. Martin no. Keown's uh, with me on Friday and Big Bob Mills. Carlos, muchas gracias, señor. I keep on thinking you're Spanish, of course you're Portuguese. Got <laughs> <laughs> an hour with him. Uh, back to Jim and Natalie, and Jim had a question uh, for his co-host. Well, kind of. Of course, uh, that match tonight, and it's a good one tonight. I must admit, there's some great fixtures tonight. Will Chelsea go to Palace and win? I think they will. Will Watford beat Norwich? I think they will. Arsenal, Leicester? I can't decide. What do you think, Natalie? Oh, Could go either way, that one. Could yeah, go either yeah. way, I think. In any event, it's live and talk sport. We'll never find out what, we'll never uh, what Natalie thought, thought of really, Arsenal yeah. versus Leicester. And on the subject of questions, here's Jim with his guest, uh, Surrey Chief Executive Richard Gould, discussing bringing small crowds back to sport after the lockdown. We're going to try it a different different way next time to try and get the get the numbers up. But uh, yeah, it was first come first serve, which isn't ideal. I have to mm -hmm. I have to admit. Yeah, how, how do you prioritise then, Richard? Is it first come, first serve? Yeah, possibly first come, first serve. <laughs> I so can't say anything about that yeah, clip. <laughs> and, he, and he did one of those, uh, yeah, absolutely. Recently, yeah. Uh, this is Jim with a shout-out to his global fan base. Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're well, whatever you're listening to us all around the UK and beyond. Listeners in Australia, in New Zealand and beyond. Beyond New Zealand, well, Antarctica. <laughs> Hello, sir. Fred from the research station here. Great show, Jim. Uh, Arteta's got to go. He's got to go. It's Jim. This time channeling his inner Arkwright from Open All Hours. No one owns any football club is going to seek to offend anybody. Well, so, the, 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 well she, she, she didn't say that. 
Fetch your cloth. <laughs> Fantastic. This is uh, former Bournemouth uh, defender Simon Francis talking to Jim and Simon Jordan in a clip we're calling Too Many Simons. See, Simon, th- 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 this uh, Simon Jordan will, will, will be of interest to you because you've seen this, no doubt, from the other side. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. hearing it now from Simon, who's a, a well-respected player. So it, it's tough for Simon. Who, it, but these are decisions that you, Simon, have had to make, no doubt, as a as Sure. A I mean, I'm just curious to see the landscape for Simon. <laughs> Keep it simple, Simon. <laughs> yeah, too many, too many Simons. <laughs> yeah, staying with Bournemouth, this is Jim talking about uh, their, at the time, under-fire winger, Ryan Fraser. We've seen this happen elsewhere, uh, notably Lyle Taylor at Charlton. The thing is this, the same Ryan Fraser is still eligible to play... Eligible. Lord, <laughs> yeah. uh, Lord Charles, he got a bit Lord Charles. <laughs> Derek Guy, remember him from police. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, OK. So uh, back to Jim and his big-name guest, this time chatting to some Mo Farah. Well, Mo, I mean, uh, you're amazing. You're so dedicated. This, wor- this world record, this one-hour world record that Gabriel Halassi uh, holds still. I love Halassi, Halassi, Halassi. Yes, that's not New Year's Eve, isn't it? Fantastic. It's not just the world's biggest sporting stars Jim likes to chat to. He also loves getting the listeners on. Here he is talking West Ham with a long-standing fan. In his day, those were the kind of score lines you would see when uh, your former big pal Bobby Moore was turning out for the club, right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, thanks, thanks. very much. Slightly <laughs> hung him out the dry there, too. Um, here's Jim looking ahead to some big sporting events. A big weekend of Six Nations rugby as well. We're going to get our teeth into that very shortly. Of course, Fury Wilder 2, fast approaching. We're going to get out our sacks to watch that. Well, Well, that's an interesting approach. (laughs) What you do in your own home is up to you. Jim Jim didn't actually get a bit big-headed this year. Here he is with a proud boast. Do you realise this, Perry? Fans are going to be able to watch West Ham against Manchester City in several view cinemas. I've been in one of these. Get you. Fantastic. I bet you've been at the Odeon as well, haven't you? Uh, Yes. Now, here's Jim reflecting on a surprise result for Leeds United earlier this season. It was largely down to this fantastic hat-trick. Did you see it? What a hat-trick. There are hat-tricks and hat-tricks, Perry, but Patrick Bamford's hat-trick. Patrick's hat-trick. Now, we we all know that one of Jim's favourite names to say is Roland Duchatelet. And here he is with a Duchatelet light. This lady doesn't hang about. Um, this lady is the chief women's football officer, Amanda Vandervoort. Now, the same Amanda Vandervoort will join us. Amanda Vandervoort, so let's do it. Amanda Vandervoort, how are you? Now, the chief women's football officer is a lady by the name of Amanda Vandervoort. So good speaking to Amanda Vandervoort of uh, FIFPRO a, sh- a short time ago. Amanda, we'll keep on this with you. Join us again, if you would, at some stage. Well, um, yeah, Amanda Vandervoort. At the time, the producer heard that uh, go out on Jim's show, and he said he was speaking to someone called Jenny Vanderblok. So I said, perfect. There's a musical out for us for the clips, a little bit of music at the end. Just dig out a bit of J-Lo. Now, of course, it wasn't Jenny Vanderblok. It was Amanda Vandervoort. But for some reason, we just played it anyway. Amanda Vandervoort. <laughs> it does work, even though it's wrong. So there we are. Uh, that was the best of Jim. What a good man he is uh, over the past 12 months. Still to come with some more clips from the Lucky Dip selection and extra time host Paul Ross. But first, let's bring you a couple more of our favourite moments from 2020. 
and it's two that showcase the absolute madness that gripped us during lockdown. With no live sport to speak of, we chatted to a listener who was on a hot streak opening double yolk eggs. <laughs> no, seriously. Oh dear. Uh, this was drama in the extreme, so let's hear how it unfolded. And he said, um, I've had four out of six eggs that have been double yokers from a standard box from the supermarket. Two to go for the Grand Slam. Oh, that is I mean, exciting. it might be nice to get him on air while he breaks the last two. <laughs> well, don't break them for nothing, just for us. Let's do them tomorrow. Oh, morning. He's got a chance to be on national well, radio. He's breakfast break... tomorrow morning and then he can't get any more. Oh, that's well. Certainly in my part of the world, he can't. There might be in other parts of the world. He might be... It's up to you, Anton. If you're prepared to come on and break two eggs <laughs> no. what, for do what it, passes as live sport. tomorrow and let us know. He's prepared to go for the Grand Slam with the remaining two eggs, despite Andy's concern that his Such kids will miss out on an omelette. Why should he care? Um, Anthony, good afternoon. Hi, Paul. Hi, Andy. Well, this, is, this is drama in the extreme, well, as Nigel Pearson would say. It? So we've, you've had six double yokers... No, from four. A, oh, four double yokers from, a, from, a, from a standard box of half a dozen eggs. Is this right? Yeah, I can confirm. Uh, they are six large free-range eggs, yeah. and they are not a box of double yokers. They're just a standard box. Wow, this is, I mean, the odds, I mean, we didn't get Paddy Power, maybe we should have done, but the odds on getting four out of six double yokers in a standard box is, right. is pretty high. You could have retired on the proceeds. I say he's not going to get six, I think... Uh... You think there might be one more in the, might have one more in his locker? What do you think, well, Andy? My Possibly one more. Into this, I've, I've not had any double yokers in history. So, so that that you've had four in a row. Unreal. You're on a roll, aren't you? Oh, you were you making a large omelette? What were you, or cake? What, what, were, you what were you doing with the four eggs? Well, it happened over the weekend, the first two. Right. Uh, my wife did them, and because there was no sport for the last five days, it was genuinely the most exciting thing that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then this morning was uh, was breakfast, so I okay, thought, well, yeah, while we're on a roll. Okay. You can, you, can you allay Andy's fears that your kids will still eat if you break these next two eggs? That, uh, you, oh, you, yeah, um, we're all right. Good, we're okay, okay. that's some, good. They can have a cheese sandwich. That's good, okay. <laughs> so here we go, egg number five. There's an element of trust here, Andy, of course. We trust oh, you. Oh, no, we trust you. That you Self refereeing cl- exactly. exactly. It is. It's like the snooker. Yeah. It is like the snooker. <laughs> There'd be no point coming on there here. There would be. There's no point coming no on point and cheating. There. You're cheating yourself. You're cheating your family. You're cheating <laughs> us. You're cheating the talk sport <laughs> yeah. listeners. So here we go then, uh, Anthony. This is live egg breaking. Can we get six out of six double yokers? Go for number five. Here we go. Well, I go for the larger of the last remaining two eggs. So okay, here we, go. here we go. Sound effects all. Yes. Oh, it's another one. Oh! oh. 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 That is exciting. Five, five out of five. This is, five this is freakish. What went on in the old place? Oh, tension. We've got tension music, <laughs> for goodness <laughs> sake. This is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, can yeah. we get... You, are you ready? Are you ready, Anthony? Ready. You, 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 if you want to have, have a minute to take a couple of deep breaths and get yourself together mm. again, we can understand it. But are you ready to go? Here we go. Oh, I've composed myself. Here we go. Right. Let's go. Oh, unbelievable, it's another one. No, six, out six. six out of six. Genuinely. Fantastic. Genuinely. <laughs> six out of six double yokers <laughs> from a grand standard. Slam. I, my guess is that the, the, the newspapers, the tabloids, are going to want fun stories. I would expect a call from one of the old red tops yeah. overnight. <laughs> double uh, yokes live on the radio there. Who would have thought that would work? By the yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Now, in a slightly convoluted piece of radio during lockdown, our assistant producer, Jamie, mentioned to us how he was working from his garden because his girlfriend was indoors doing a home workout by Courtney someone. Our first thought was not Graham Courtney, surely our man <laughs> in the northeast. It wasn't Graham, obviously, but Ian Danter helped us imagine what it would have sounded like if it was. 
Well, I'll tell you what, this should be an absolute cracker, it really should. Let's start with some uh, star jumps, shall we? OK, out and in, out and in, and you just get the impression it looks like Peter Schmeichel at the Gallagher there with Les Ferdinand bearing down at him 10 yards out. It really is. <laughs> All right, let's go to let's go to squat thrusts like uh, Brian Jacks on Superstars. Remember Superstars? It was, it was one of those where Kevin Keegan came off his racer on a cinder track and you just got the impression that they needed a lot of Savlon track side. They really, really did. All right. All right. Shadow boxing now. So left and right and left and right. I'm Lee Bowyer, which makes you Kieran Dyer. You're absolutely right. You really are. And it's one of those where you don't have to worry about getting hurt or having Grebs and S call you into his office afterwards, which, uh, well, you just get the impression it's not the best place to be. It really isn't. Thanks so much for your support, guys. It's been absolutely fantastic. It really, really has. I've had messages from all over the world, really, from people saying they've tuned in. I've had messages from Newcastle, Gateshead, Jarrow, North Shields, South Shields, Ashington, the Borough, Bishop Auckland, Morpeth, Whitley Bay, Durham, Hartlepool, Blythe, and... Well, I'll tell you what, they've even got one over in Sunderland. How about that? That's fantastic. It really is. Now, shake those feet out in front of you. Right and left. Right and left. Careful, careful. You've got space to kick out and you don't hit the skirting boards. Otherwise, well, you'll, you'll have to say it's one of those where you'll look a bit to Murikat's buyer and it'll hurt your toes. It really, really will. <laughs> well done, guys. You absolutely smashed that workout. You really, really did. <laughs> Well, it does. It works, doesn't it? Merged it? into cat. <laughs> it merged into Captain Mannering there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, of course, wasn't Graham Courtney. It was Ian Danter. So, but we, I think we've actually got the real, the real Graham Courtney uh, with us. Good afternoon, Graham. My legal team are hot on this now. <laughs> there we are. Look, I've made it a bit self-indulgent, but we were going ever so slightly mad in our living rooms for about four months. So, please bear with us. So there we are. Lots more to come. More clips, more favourite interviews. Stick around if you can all the way through until four. Hope you're having a great Christmas. It's Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Welcome back to Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year. It's time now to turn our attention to someone we've never done a clip special for before. I think it's a compliment. Let's hope so anyway. <laughs> As his work in 2020 has been so good, we simply had to feature our overnight host, Paul Ross, this year. Yeah, that's right. And we begin with Paul taking over from previous presenters, Adam Catterall and Mickey Gray. That's Mickey Gray. Huge thanks as ever to Adam Catterall and to Mickey Davis there for a fantastic start to the good morning. Old- Good old Mickey Davis. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. This is Paul discussing the return to football after lockdown. An interestingly limited form of training. Maybe that's the way ahead. I mean, groups of four, thoroughly tested, arrived in face masks and gloves, temperatures taken, you know, balls disinfected. Well, you know, well, it might come to, be to careful, that. Haven't you? Yeah, you have got to be careful. Uh, now, Andy, do you know what a Petuvia deal ball specialist is? A what? A Petuvia deal ball specialist. Paul Ross was talking about one earlier this year. Also, Petruvia deal ball specialist Norberto Solano. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, the uh, Petruvia deal ball specialist Norberto Solano. That's it, yeah. Mm. Uh, here's Paul and his producer Sam Stevens off the back of a bit of music. 
Another great drummer and multi-instrumentalist. I do love this song. Backstreet Love, Curved Air. Maybe play a bit of Police in the next hour of the programme. Was he the bassist or the drummer? He was the drummer. Oh, it was uh, Andy... Was it Townsend? I can't remember. The third member no. of the <laughs> Yeah, Andy Townsend uh, <laughs> was the uh, guitarist with the police. It certainly was right. And played Ryland as well. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Here's Paul looking forward to what the rest of the day had in store on Talk Sport. Paul Coit from 5 to 6 before we get of course the inestimable pleasure of the company for the last time this week of Laura Woods with Darren Bennis and Brighton striker Glenn Murray <laughs> Darren Bennis Darren, Darren Bennis. Bennis anyone for tennis <laughs> Darren Bent doesn't he, of course uh, he is. not to worry though perhaps he might be more of a drive listener and of course in for Adrian Durham 4 till 7 after H&J Andy Goldstein and Darren Guff Good old Darren Guff. <laughs> Pull my finger. Exactly. This is South American correspondent Tim Vickery chatting to Paul about the Paraguayan footballer Isidro Peter. And we're guessing there's not as much money in mixed martial arts as we thought. He looks a little bit, and he's done, he's done a lot to make sure he looks a lot like Conor McGregor. You know, the Irish... Oh, of course, uh, the yeah. Irish, the UPS yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a UPS driver, <laughs> Conor McGregor. He makes ends meet around the, <laughs> around the fighting with uh, driving uh, a UPS van. Uh, staying in South America, this is Paul with political news. Mr. Panari, Pamari had started, stood as running mate for the right-wing presidential candidate, Luis Fernando Camacho. Their party gained only 15% of the national vote, which helped to split opposition to the socialist candidate, Luis Arce. <laughs> <laughs> is that so childish? Is that his name? Good old Lewis. I think it's Arce. Yeah. But never mind. It's almost as bad. This is Paul now discussing sports coverage on TV. Always be a place for match of the day, oh, yeah. I think, because it's an institution. And the analysis and the fact that you get great people on there and on, you know, other, all the other sports shows on Eurosports, on EPNS. I love EPS. Oh, yeah, it's, it's marvellous, yeah. isn't it? EPNS. Um, Paul now turning his attention to the movies. Roy Orbison's attempt to be a movie star in the dire 1967 comedy western, The Fastest, fastest Guitar in li- Alive. <laughs> yes, I prefer that. I'd, I'd rather watch the first film. Let's give Paul one more go at looking ahead to that day's schedule on Talk Sport. Alan Brazil back at the helm. With Ali McCoist, uh, Jamie O'Hara joins them from 8am. They'll also be speaking to the uh, former Villa striker, Gabby Abongalore. Gabby <laughs> Abongalore. Of course. Now, Paul is an expert on a wide range of different subjects, but I'd say he's unlikely to get the job as TalkSport's Formula One correspondent. Hamilton's victory at the uh, Nürburgring uh, marked the 91st win of his remarkable career and came 14 years and 10 days after Shoemaker's final Grand Prix trial. <laughs> yeah, Shoemaker, yeah, good old right, uh, yeah, yeah. Michael Shoemaker. Oh, well, never mind. Maybe he can be our football correspondent instead. England came from behind to overcome the world's top-ranked Belgium team on team, sorry, the world's top-ranked team in Belgium and record an important Nations League victory at Wimbledon. They're playing at Wimbledon now, the football. <laughs> I like the world's top-ranked Belgium team. <laughs> it's great. This is a clip we really enjoyed this year. Here's Paul. He introduced a guest that we suspected might have been our old mate Omid Jalili, winding him up. Nilakanta Banu Prakash has won India's first ever gold in the Mental Calculation World Championships. And I'm delighted to say Nilakanta joins us now live. Nilakanta, what did you actually have to do in the competition? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Hey. <laughs> Definitely on Definitely on mid. And finally, it's Paul previewing the championship playoff semi final between Fulham and Cardiff. They were 1 0 up, and then in the dying moments from a free kick, they made it 2 0. So Cardiff have got a mountain to climb, and Fulham's manager, Scott Walker, had this to say exclusively to Talk Sports. Good old Scott Walker. <laughs> 
That was the best of Extra Time host Paul Ross on uh, this Hawksby and Jacobs Clips of the Year special. We should cut him some slack. He's working between 1am and 6am <laughs> every day. I mean, you know, oh, you've got to give people a... Of course. It's not easy. No. Uh, let's have another look back on one of our favourite interviews of the year. And it's always good fun to be joined by our old mate, comedian and Chelsea fan, Omid Jalili. He joined us to tell us about his new ITV quiz show. And we played him that clip we just heard of his sound-alike on Paul Ross's show. Good afternoon, Omid. Good afternoon. I, I love the way Andy was laughing because the idea of me doing a daytime show is just so ridiculous. <laughs> how, 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 how did this all come about then? You just got the offer and you thought, why not? I did uh, an episode of Celebrity Chase that was shown recently. And um, then afterwards, the producers said, would you like to host one of these? I said, what, what do you mean one of these? Because it's the same people who made the chase. They said, we're making a new one. And uh You'd just be a really offbeat choice, would you? And I said, nah, you've you got to be joking. And I left it. And they really um, they really pursued me. and said, look, come and have a look at it. Come and have a look at it and see what you think. And, I, and I'm a bit of a quiz fan. I do like these shows. And what I want is just questions. And when I went to watch it, it was so question heavy. You get a lot of these shows where that they do a question, there's a lot of faffing about. And I think, just get on with it. And this one was really, it was it was so much fun to do. And it's, I just love the name, Winning Combination. And I love the fact that we were doing it in lockdown, because even if you're trying to make it funny, the only audience you have are the nine contestants, who the last thing they want to do is even listen, listen to a joke. <laughs> they don't care. Cause I, I, I'd say to them, I said, look, let's, um, you, you know, it's COVID, there's no studio audience. If I do a joke, if you, please just laugh or something. And I said, oh, I'll give you an example. And you both know this joke. It's, it's a proper comedian's joke. And I said, uh, you only do a daytime quiz show twice in your career, once on the way up, once on the way down. It's great to be back. And then they just stared at me blankly. I said, okay. I don't remember the first When was you on? That's the beauty, boys. I swear to God, you will love this show because the beauty is I'm constantly doing jokes and they cut. They cut to their faces looking black. And there's no... Like I'll say, welcome back after the break. For those of you playing, playing along at home... Um, the last question, if you got feta cheese, you were wrong. The answer was Esther Ransom. <laughs> and they cut someone just looking up at the board waiting for, waiting for the next question. Nothing, so, giving you nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I think comics at home will be watching this, laughing their heads off. These are quite good gags, but he's getting nothing. This is a, a, a clip we played you from uh, Extra Time with Paul Ross overnight. And he had a guest on, and we thought, was that really the guest or was that Omid Jalili? Listen to this. Nilakanta Banu Plakash has won India's first ever gold in the Mental Calculation World Championships. And I'm delighted to say Nilakanta joins us now live. Nilakanta, what did you actually have to do in the competition? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Hey. <laughs> now, was that you, Omid? That was sensational. He's, he's, he's India's foremost Omid Jalili impersonator. Absolutely nothing like me. Just He just went, hey, how is that? <laughs> well, we we thought it was. We weren't alone. We said, hey, I don't know, but just something about that. I just, you didn't think it sounded like you? Well, the thing is, the thing is that I, I get mistaken for Stavros flatly a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I thought, well, I wonder, I, I was always look, looking forward to meeting him. 
So I met him. I said, uh, do you know I get recognized for you a lot? He goes, we, he goes, we do look like each other. And mm. I said, do you ever get recognized for me? And he went, sorry, who, I don't know who, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to people comparing me to other kind of overweight bald blokes, but <laughs> as a voice, I was really, no, nobody's ever taken the mickey out of me. No one's ever done the impersonation of me. Mm. I've never thought I had that kind of distinct voice, but I was really looking forward to this. And that was just someone going, hey, it could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play, we'll clip the end we, of it. We'll clip the end of it and we'll, we'll play just play that bit again to see. Maybe it's just us. If the listeners think otherwise, they can uh, they can let us know. I, I mean, I was looking at your Instagram and you put up a clip from a Winning Combination. I don't know if you're aware that Ali Ross has a section in his TV column. It's called Unexpected Morons in the Bagging Area. It's basically <laughs> people who give mad answers to quiz questions. And you, what, the one that you did, which German city gave its name to perfume, I thought was very amusing. Oh, that's very we, I bet, Do you know what? They've saved the best ones for coming out. I mean, the best one to me was uh, when I said, who played James Bond in Quantum of Solace? And it was the way the woman, she slapped a thing. She, she just went, Craig David. And I just thought that was <laughs> It's the conviction when they slapped the, 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 the kind of button. And that's, I mean, there were so many things like that. I mean, there was, there was some of them where I try not to laugh. That one, when he said, which, which German city is also, you know, a, a liquid perfume. And he said, Chanel. It was actually Cologne. <laughs> you, see me, you see me trying not to laugh. But some of them, you just asked them a question, and I just, I lost it completely. I don't know if they've kept it in, but there's lots of moments where I lose it completely because the answers, I mean, literally, this is a show where you could be at home, you could be ironing, making dinner, be on a, you know, host a Zoom even, keep an eye on it, you'll still get more answers <laughs> correct than somebody <laughs> um, Have you got a catchphrase on it? Have you got an Anne Robinson like, uh, you're the weakest link, goodbye? Yes, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I see, it's all like, see you next week. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's quite, that's quite distinctive. Well, I mean, we're out of time. Love it. So just one more time. We're going to play that guy's voice. Let's see what the all listeners right, think. Here we go. Before. Go on, play it. Let's hear it. Hey, look, so what did you actually have to do in the competition? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Hey. Come on. I'd say, <laughs> Come on. I'd, I'd say that was you. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Yeah, good morning. Yeah. Hey. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was that? I was expecting a bit more, but actually, he's got the same yeah. timbre, the same kind of voice as me. Yeah. Could you give Fair us? A, could you give us a good morning hi in that style now, possibly? Good morning. Hey. Okay, good unless morning. you're... Hey. Look, it's, 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 it's right back at you. Fantastic. Uh, is this what it's come to? That sports radio is me going, good morning, hey. Yeah. <laughs> there we are, good old Omid. Uh, lots more to come. We've got another favourite interview to bring you and uh, some more clips as well. So uh, stick around if you can all the way through until four. It's Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Hope you're having a great Christmas. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Mamacita. Good afternoon, it's Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Very Merry Christmas to you. This is our Clips of the Year here on TalkSport. 
Yes, yeah, so and one of the highlights of our year of shows was actually when we were joined by someone we're very familiar with. He brought his autobiography out earlier in the year, and it was a pleasure to have the big man himself, Alan Brazil, in the studio to tell us all about it. Did you just look at some of the authors that have, uh, have been published by the great people at Penguin over the years. Dickens, Dostoevsky, Rhode Dahl, John Mike Grissom. Dickens, Mike Dickens, <laughs> yeah, Barack Dickens. Obama, now add to the list. Alan Brazil, Alan's uh, autobiography. Hey, by the way, I could do a better job in America than them two tubes. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Only Here for a Visit. And at one point, we think that you're going to visit us today, but... Uh... Oh, come on. <laughs> I've had to travel from dark as Suffolk to get here. <laughs> no, no, we're happy you're here. To me, that title, that's your philosophy of life, isn't it? Only yeah, here I for think a visit. so. Yeah. I think so. Um, I, I touch on it in the book, guys, and, and great to be on, by the way, um, that I've met so many, you know, players that i played against, older players, younger players coming through... And there's so many stories, so many tales, where some have gone on to do great things, others mm. really sad injuries, depression, you know, and it's that's why I decided as a kid, I thought, come on, roll your sleeves up, get on with it. You know, you, you can't whinge, you can't have your mother's hand all the time. Get on with it and make the best of things. There's a very interesting description in the book of your first ever broadcast here at TalkSport. Yeah, and Oxford Street. Yeah, yeah. and it confirms um, what I've always thought about you, which I'm quite envious of because I don't have this, is you are a natural broadcaster. You no, are cool. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't you are. That. You, you turned on, you had ten minutes, you turned up and you did the show. I mean, that takes a bit well, of... Well, i tell you the truth. A okay? style you've maintained for the 20 years. i tell you the truth. Well, I, I, I've got it down to three minutes, not ten. <laughs> we were in the Red Fort. People say to me, how can you remember 40 years ago football and yeah. 20 years... I, I can. Mm. We were in the Red Fort and it was a bit of a... It, it wasn't just a boozy lunch. We are trying to make a few quid. Mm. And I was with Paul Miller from yeah, Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and he'd, he'd set it up, and, and towards the end of the afternoon, I thought, oh, crikey, Maxie, Maxie Miller, I said, you got, I meant, he'd, I meant to be doing some radio station <laughs> at seven o'clock, he went, what? <laughs> blow it out. I said, no, I said I'll do it, I can't blow it out. Hmm. And let me tell you, we had a great lunch. I, I've got to do radio, what sort of radio? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know, some guy, <laughs> Paddy, invited me to do it. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, we found the radio station, and there he was, Porky, hey. Five minutes to seven. What, you, what time do you got? I said, shut up. What, what, where's my script? What do you want me to do? He went, no, 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 no script. <laughs> Just go on there and say hello and tell them who you are. And a few of the cabs who are having a rest of the night on the break will phone you up. I went, right. Pod, bang, get lost. No chance. <laughs> Good recovery. You're having a laugh. And I looked at Max and went, come on, we'll have a laugh. And we sat down, I swear, and the light went on about three minutes past seven after the news. Hi, I'm Alan Brazil with Paul Miller from Toronto. Anyone out there, you want to give us a call? We're going to talk about a couple of stories. And that was it. And off you went, For two hours. Yeah. And the red lights, bing, 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 bing. All the calls come in. Yeah. And I walked out there and I thought, I enjoyed that. That was nice. <laughs> you also talk about your, your playing career, Al, don't you? Yeah. It's interesting you say at the top, there's people that only know you from the radio. They don't know you, mm. you were a professional footballer. It's no. bizarre, isn't it? No, really? no absolutely. And... In the last few days, I've been doing a lot of uh, media, talking to reporters and some who covered my playing career. Yeah. And they basically said to me, you know, it's a shame people don't remember you because you did get a goal or two. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at my record, I played in the World Cup, I played in the top flight, and I did score no worse than one in three every game I played in, mm. which is not bad. And I played with some great, great players. Um, but when I all finished, when I was 27... 
I was sort of relieved because I knew there was something wrong with me because it didn't really happen to Spurs. It did it. Uh, 12 games to go, I went to Spurs, scored six goals, and we got in Europe, mm. right? And the following year, we won the UFA Cup. Yeah. I'm not saying that was down to me, but I definitely helped. Mm. Then went to United, and United, I think I played 90 minutes, 26 times, scored 12. So it wasn't a horror story, but it wasn't my Ipswich form. I knew yeah. there was something wrong. Going back to my wife, she is a rock. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Because I, I had some ups and downs, by the way. Make no mistake about it. There was times I was on my knees, skin. Hmm. But I always said, no, nah, no, nah, tomorrow's another day. Don't worry about that. Roll the sleeves up. Here we go. And it's going to be better than ever. It's a thing in the book has got of that belief. Sure, yeah, sure, no, understandable. Where loose women start, crit you make a comment about Jill, and they start criticising you about it. Well, they did, but by all accounts, the lovely Stacey stuck up for me. I didn't Stacey see Stacey Solomon. Yeah, mm. it's always mm. hearsay, isn't it? But one or two. I, I, in fact, I think I called them old trouts. Which <laughs> I will apologise. Yeah, now. it's good that you apologise for that now. But what I will say is the old trouts had no. They, they. Had, how can they ever go at me? Have a look yeah. at their relationships. Yeah, their long-time marriages. Could they right? changed the name of the program to Loose Trouts. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable! So I did lose it a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, they were talking about Jill will get me my frosties, and then shoot outside. To yeah. get the car ready, put the heating on and get yeah. the scrape and scrape. Only because she wants me safe to get here to yeah. earn some money. Yeah. <laughs> it's not love. <laughs> He's got to get to London to earn money. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what the point they miss. Yeah. There we are, Big Alan. He was on fine form that day, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. His, I just, book, uh, his book's fun, too. I love the fact that uh, until he uh, read the audio book, he'd not actually read the book itself. <laughs> no, of course Fantastic. not. Fantastic. <laughs> quite happy to admit it. Yeah. So, uh, there we are. Stick around. We've got uh, Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse from the excellent Gone Fishing show to bring you before we wrap things up. Uh, and indeed, some more clips of the year. So uh, stick around. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan. Welcome back to Hawksby and Jacobs clips of the year. And there's just time for one final batch of clips. And it's another lucky dip selection featuring the best of the rest of the TalkSport presenters in 2020. We start with uh, kickoff presenter Hugh Woosencroft with a lovely listener's story for his guest, Wimbledon FA Cup hero Laurie Sanchez. Sometimes we get questions in, Laurie, during the interviews, and sometimes they're true. I'm praying this one's true. Someone called Charlie Sharp's messaging. He says, my dad's claim to fame is that he signed Laurie Sanchez at a wedding where Laurie was the best man. He says, Nick Hughes from Wokingham. Please ask Laurie if he remembers it. Please say it's true. Uh, uh, sorry, he was. How do I know him? He was. He says he, he says that his dad signed you when you were the best man at a wedding. Someone called Nick Hughes, I think. I, I, I remember going to his wedding. Yeah, I don't think I was his best man, to be fair. I see, and you certainly but, uh, weren't signed. No. Bit eggy, that one. Great anecdote. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Will Gavin on extra time with news of football's big financial bailout earlier in the year during lockdown. The big news undoubtedly dominating the back pages, the announcement by the Premier League yesterday that they are going to be um, advancing £125 to the EFL. Well, I think they'll be looking for more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> won't touch the sides, will it? <laughs> this is Big Al and Ray Parler on breakfast discussing the Arsenal-United rivalry. 
Ryan Giggs, brilliant player on the left-hand side. David Beckham on the right. Paul Scholes next to him. But you have 50-50 with Ryan. Well, it'd be, it'd be Patrick Moore in that central area. Well, I think he'd do a job, the uh, late astronomer and TV presenter. I mean, yeah, quite possibly. Um, Andy, I was just wondering if you've got any films you're planning to watch over the Christmas period. Yeah, I've uh, Sky Plus one or two. You? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to watch a film I've never seen, surprisingly, Braveheart with Mel Gibson from Mm. 1995. Goffey said on Drive this year that it's one of his favourites. Here he is talking about it with no spoilers, obviously. It's a great story. Basically, his father and his brother are killed, obviously fighting the English. He goes away to Europe to be educated. Um, When he comes back, he marries his sweetheart. Um, But uh, then that's where it all starts to go downhill. She's captured, tortured, whatever it is. Sends him over the edge. He then wants to fight the English. He hates the English. He gets caught, obviously, when the nobles uh, (laughs) betray him. Right, he's executed. (laughs) The... Basically, end up chopping him to bits and putting him everywhere. And then um, Robert the uh, the Bruce, he leads Scotland to victory in the Battle of Bannockburn. Yeah, don't think I'll bother now. <laughs> Not much that, point, is there, was the really? whole plot, wasn't it? The whole thing. <laughs> this is Danny Kelly now, having issues with technology while broadcasting from home. David Tanner's uh, dropped off. We'll try and get him back into the second. It's still one of the, the wonders of four-way um, uh, communication. Simon Jordan, then, uh, we seem to be having some technical Jordans. Yeah, we always have little technical Jordans, <laughs> oh, yeah, as we exactly. call them in the trade. Uh, Danny mentioned David Tanner there, and here is our Scottish football correspondent, who's a lot posher than we thought. And relegates Renrar with a quarter of the season left. But the way that Hearts have gone about it so far has not been right, and they'll have to go back to the drawing room Oh, they got a drawing room. <laughs> I love nice. Hart's own drawing room. It's beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Here's Laura Woods on breakfast, chatting to Ali McCoist, who's already kitted out to go on a bike ride straight after the show. We can see each other. We've got a video um, call up and Ali McCoyce, who disappeared, has just come back into screen and he's got his light, Chris, head to toe. Uh, you've got your, your zip undone a little bit, showing a, a bit of that fine chest hair there oh. and, a, and a nice helmet to boot. Yes. OK, we'll move on. And this is Sam Matterface uh, during his Friday night quiz. And in a radio first, Sam actually presented this part of the show in the round style. Yeah, John Watson's commentary on the World Cup final. What did Zinedine Zidane this do little, to whom in order to thank get you very sent much off? The they are the eight for questions us. from thank you round to Luke, four. Craig, and thank to you very George. much to the TalkSport listeners I'll give you the for joining answers. us thank in the next Luke, hour of Craig, the programme. Stick around here I'll on give Twitter. You the if you <laughs> fire, 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 <laughs> pour on water. That was a bit of a technical Jordan, it wasn't it? Very much so, yeah. Here's Goffey talking movies again, and this time it's one of his favourite Bond films. Probably the best cast they've ever had in one Bond film for me. It was massive. Mm. Whether it be Daniel Crame, Javier Bardem, Judy Bench, Jench. Judy oh. Bench, <laughs> Judy Bench, Jench, and uh, Daniel Crame. <laughs> what a film. Here's, <laughs> sorry. We've slightly lost it. I know we have. Here's a bit at the sherry. Here's Tony Cascarino on Breakfast with Alan Brazil speaking to former boxer Spencer Oliver. That's Spencer Oliver. You could have hit him with an iron bar yeah. tonight. He he beat Nigel Benn and he would have just kept coming. Mm. He was one of those type of fighters. And, uh, yeah, it? it was great entertainment. Can I ask you a question on that, Oliver? Because sometimes there's guys... Spencer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Went a bit public school there, <laughs> time, didn't he? Here's Sam Allardyce alongside Alan Brazil on breakfast discussing the great Captain Tom Moore's 100th birthday. 
what a feeling that must have been from seeing the two planes the fly pass on his 100th birthday. Magical moment. Mag magical. And have you, has he been made an honorary commando? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm sure he can afford underpants if he wants them. Uh, this is Leicester's Iosi Perez speaking to TalkSport earlier in the year, explaining how lockdown brought back some old memories. Um, uh, it brings me so many memories when I was very young, where, where I used to spend so many hours at home playing playing uh, with myself. Fair enough. I mean, you know, we did have a lot of hours to kill, didn't we? <laughs> Fake your others now on the Saturday TalkSport quiz. Right. OK, Sam, you are our last Hello, caller. This is Sam, the Liverpool fan, whose brother Dan is a Man U fan. <laughs> That's great, isn't <laughs> That's it? brilliant. Donnie Donegan would have been proud of that. Mm. This one for the teenagers. Here's uh, Asha Nen. She's probably with you at the moment. That's Here's true. Georgie Bingham on uh, Weekend Breakfast with a question for Scottish correspondent David Tanner. What's your kind of big headline news stroke movement kind of thing that's happened in Scotland this week? Oh my goodness me, where to begin? I mean, it's all about hearts at the moment, isn't it? And they're bid to get recycling. Surely reinstated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, imagine, maybe they are. I mean, I'm sure they're keeping all their bottles yeah. and jars to one Absolutely. side. And for once, this isn't Stuart Pearce bringing us a new word. It's Dean Ashton because of the, the rule changes and because obviously, because we've got VAR and they're looked at so so scrutinously that... Well, you've got to look at uh, VAR scrutinously. It's oh, not worth to. it, is no, it? absolutely. Here's Jamie O'Hara on the game day countdown taking a call. All right. Well, we've got Ozzy, the Arsenal fan. Ozzy, you're alive on TalkSport. Well, it always helps if you're alive, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, it does. Alive on TalkSport. Adi Oladipo now welcoming a guest. Yeah, we're also joined by Andy Ambler, Director of Professional Game Relations at the FA. Always good to have you in the studio, Adam. Andy. Yeah, well, <laughs> easy done. Yeah. Uh, this is a guest from our show, John Bullock of uh, Falmouth Rugby Club, telling us about one of their legendary players, Dick Jacket. Fantastic. What we're going to do is have a, a replica shirt made up, you know, and uh, we've got some historic pictures of Dick. <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather you not send us the uh, pictures of Dick. Certainly not on social media, or because people might think they're. Um, we get the idea. You do. This is Mike Barry from his talk radio weekend show, bidding farewell to a caller. All the parties are. Yeah, of course they are. The same I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Honestly. It me, Mike. Yeah, but Roland, thanks very much indeed. Roland there in North Wales, good enough to call in. Roland's got two uh, bees in his bonnet. Is it a bee in your bonnet? I can't remember. Uh, something in your bonnet. Um, it's a bee in your bonnet, yeah. I was going to say bats in the belfry, but I'm not suggesting for one moment that Roland's got bats in the belfry, which uh, means something else completely. <laughs> Doesn't mean it. Yeah, but why would he have bats in his belfry? Uh, bonkers. And finally, it's Ray Parler on breakfast with a question for their mystery guest as he cleverly attempts to reveal their identity. Ray, you go first. Um, captain. Captain of his side mm. in London. Um, did you... Did you play? Did you? What? Was it? What? What? Was you a footballer? <laughs> <laughs> Struggling there, wasn't he? It was like oh, Norman good, Collier. It? Yeah. It's another one. Ask your grand again. Uh, anyway, there we are. There's some uh, lucky dip clips here. We're almost done here, but just time for one more of our favourite interviews of the year. It was brilliant to have Paul Whitehouse and Bob Mortimer on with us to talk about uh, one of the highlights of 2020 TV-wise, the brilliant Gone Fishing. Guys, good afternoon. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah. 
So, to, boy, so, Paul, you're under a tree, I understand, we are at both, the moment. We're both under a tree. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, there's some dogs muck nearby as well. You know, it's not the rural idyll that you think it is. <laughs> now, we, we interviewed you, uh, I think, when this first came out, and uh, I hadn't watched it at that point, but when, then I went home and watched it, and I, I've basically watched every single episode. It became... It's always difficult when you're doing an interview because it sounds like you're so crawling, but it became... It's a celebrity mastermind. <laughs> It became subject, my favourite program of last year. I just thought it yeah. was wonderful. You must be, oh, well, well, you must be chuffed, yeah, Bob, with it, with the the sort of success and the, and the love for it. Yeah, very unexpected, especially at that at my at my point I am in my career. You know, um, <laughs> it has been a it's, it's a lovely sort of gentle um, gentle show because I'm getting knocking on a bit now. I kind of appreciate. Uh, that it is a decent little show, yeah, really pleased yeah. with it. And you fall over, Bob, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I do fall over a lot, genuinely. <laughs> when, when, when we were doing, when we edit the show together, um, we, we have to lose quite a lot of the falls because they look like they're contrived. Yeah. It's, a, it's a weird thing, make, yeah. you know, a, making sure a genuine fall looks genuine. <laughs> but by, the, by the way, Andy, um, we're not... Um, we're not filming at the moment. We're just having a day's fishing. Oh, really? Nice, no, nice. Yeah, no cameras. That's why we haven't caught anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's well. That's that's even better. That the fact that, that the two of you, even when the cameras aren't there, that you go fishing together now. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a joy. It really is. Yeah. I mean, if, if I could lose, I try and lose him. I take him to these places, <laughs> and, th and then I walk off and I jump in the car. But he always buys me. The thing is, Bob's. You're in charge of the food, aren't you? You're in charge of the accommodation, and Paul, you're yeah. in charge of the fishing. And it's it's a great combination. And then you add in the beautiful countryside. The Y Valley one is still my favourite. I, I think it's such a beautiful place. It's yeah. incredible. We go back there for um, this series, Andy, and it's an even more beautiful spot. I had no idea there was uh, such intense kind of. British Columbian beauty in this country, you know, it's, mm. it, that's been quite a discovery for me. The Y Valley, extraordinary. Yeah, some of the places you've been to, uh, certainly some of the ones up in Scotland, sort of breathtaking. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, you know, we should pat your team on the back because it's a beautifully shot series, oh, yeah, isn't great, it? It's a great team, they really are. We, we do try and showcase that. We, we sort of say, and it sounds a bit pretentious, that you know, the environment is the start, but it's very important at the moment, isn't it? Everyone's sort of rediscovering the countryside and, you know, immersing themselves in it. And, and so, yeah, we've been lucky enough to, to go to these beautiful places and it's very important for us that we show those. Yeah. Bob, do you feel you've got better as a fisherman as time goes? We're under Paul's <laughs> tutelage. Do you feel like you're, you're improving all the time? Yes, you know, I wish. <laughs> if, 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 I've, if I've improved, it's imperceptible. I, I've, we've been fishing this morning, and Paul spent most of the time just retying my lines and re recovering my... Recovering. <laughs> He's very patient, though. He's very patient. Yeah. There's I, a lot of tree climbing I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> you did, there was that lovely little clip where one of the shows where, Bob, you couldn't cat, you couldn't get hold of the float. Yeah, I think you were salmon fishing. You couldn't get hold of the float, and you said, I can't reach the float. And Paul said, well, let some line out then. And it's, oh, yeah, I see what you it's, just, it's a bit Laura and Hardy at times, isn't it? <laughs> There's another fine left. I get very grumpy with it. I'm not normally a grumpy person, but Bob just brings it out now. <laughs> so, uh, the, the first episode of the new series, you're, you're going after the elusive salmon again, aren't you? Up in Scotland. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we have a, it's a two beautiful days. The salmon's pretty scarce these days, but. 
Um, we uh, well, I won't say whether we caught any or not. No. But we do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Bob, are you taking your friend Train Guy? Will he be fishing with you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hilario. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I do those? I don't know. <laughs> Bob, how did you two meet? I mean, did you just sort of meet was it out and about, working in sort of TV comedy? You and Paul. Yeah, we just met out drinking where where where, where young guns drink. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm next to Paul now. Can you remember where we met? It's a long time ago. It was um, well, it's the big night out. We the came big to night out. You, yeah, oh. we came to see you do the live show. Me and a few mates, and uh, Charlie Higgins said there's a bloke who flattened some brie onto a carpet tile. <laughs> I thought, well, I can't miss that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, even went to South London. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. And, and that was it? And and that's, yeah, and that's where we met 30 years ago. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's brilliant. And going back to gone fishing, have you? has it been difficult to find different places to fish? Because you, obviously it's difficult to travel at the moment. You, I suppose you're restricted to basically Britain. Well, we did, we, we did half of the new series um, long before lockdown, and then we, we completed it after when they opened the fishing up. So... Um, yeah, no, there's plenty of places, Andy. There's, you know, like how this could go on and on and on, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I'd like everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are, uh, Bob and Paul. That is us done. We can now go and get stuck into the turkey and beautiful the, all the trimmings, whatever Lovely. they are this year, and the mince pie. <laughs> uh, Andy, thank you. Always a pleasure to no, work with thank you. you. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Thanks, of course, to John Cadigan, our wonderful producer. Yeah. And uh, Jamie. Jamie Dickens. He Jamie, does have yeah. a surname. He's not like yeah. Madonna and Gaza. I only, I only see him as Jamie. And the other and other Jamie. <laughs> other Jamie, Jamie. Hutchinson. Yeah. And uh, all of our top team who have helped us and over the years. Will. Will. Will, he yeah. of the trousers that ride right up his leg. And Andy gives him a bit of stick for it. They call it fashion, Andy. You used to be a fashionista. <laughs> That's very was. true. Anyway, um, have a great Christmas, uh, everybody. And uh, keep safe. We're back with you on January the 4th. So uh, until then... Have a wonderful festive period and keep it talk sport. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.